Metaphysics is going to have to be the quote-unquote religion of tomorrow. If it isn't, you're fucked. Totally and absolutely. Enjoying uh, this week has been very eventful. <laughs> I think we had some crazy shit going on in the sky this week or something. I'm sure one of these planets was spinning backwards. I'm not sure which one, but I'm sure something was. Retrograde. Something was in retrograde. Yeah, I'm just, I think it was Mars or some shit like that. Crazy. I don't usually pay too much attention to it, but every now and then... I'd be like feeling weird and shit and you know whether it's anxiety or whatever and I'll be like yeah I just feel kind of weird and my lady would be like oh well Venus is in retrograde I'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) it got me again (laughs) because I I don't follow it myself but I shit you not bro just random days I just be something be up and I'm off and whenever I ask about it it's something something significant some shit that only happens once every 17 years (laughs) I'm just like oh god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's fucking crazy it's crazy what's uh what's your week been like so far I nothing bro i got nothing <laughs> sounds like news <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> out man I, 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 like, uh, I dropped like uh two grand in like emergency supplies oh wow <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean that 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 gives you at least a little bit of peace of mind, right? When you buy like emergency rations and a hundred pounds of rice and shit. Yeah, it's like you know, uh, probably three to six months of survival, depending on how many people I shared with. How yeah, well, once know about it. Yeah, once RBG uh, passed away, I was like, oh, all right. I've been thinking about it just in case, but once that happened, I'm like, okay, let me just go ahead and get this water filtration. Let me go ahead and get the the Jim Baker eat and then shit in the bucket rations, and uh, just have it just in case, and hope I don't need it. But it's wow. looking like it's, it's it's the next three months is gonna be super ugly. You think so? Oh yeah, man. What's the uh like? So what's the general rundown that you're seeing coming down the pipe? Like by by what chain of events do you think? Is it have something to do? What, what? Why is she significant to what you think is about to happen? Okay, so the the battle between the conservatives and the the left uh, regarding the Supreme Court is the 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 right has always felt like okay, you've got activist judges. You've got basically people advocating for leftist policies that won't get passed under the legislative branch. So you're basically just setting precedent with court cases so that becomes a thing. So like um, their big thing is overturning Roe versus Wade. And so the left is crazy like, nah, we gotta, gotta, we gotta suck these babies out. We can't ever have an end to that. So we can never let the court be conservative because their fear is that if the if the right ever gets a majority in the court, that they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ben should have retired. I, I thought for sure she was going to retire before Trump got elected. Like, so <laughs> just hurry up and get a new. But she was like, nope, I'm going to ride it till the wheels fall off. And. The, the significance of it is, I mean, you know who Reza Aslan is? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. For many years, a reasonable human being. I enjoyed him, his appearances on CNN. Um, I thought he, you know, he took that Fox News host to task when she tried to call him out. Basically, like, you're a Muslim. Why are you writing about Jesus? <laughs> Bitch, right. I'm a scholar. I study all this shit. Like, I, so, and, and I, I thought, I thought uh, his perspective on things, he's an interesting, you know, cool dude. I'm like, all right, we, he's lost his mind. He's like, yo, if you appoint a new Supreme Court judge, yo, we're going to burn this whole shit down. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Yeah, so that's that's my barometer. I'm like, a dude that's dedicated his life to study, not just dedicating his life to study, who practices the religion of peace, submission to God, who so writes books about Jesus. <laughs> So-called well, religion of peace. I'm, I'm trying to be very, very... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Benefit of the doubt. Not to cut you off, but the first time I ever heard of this guy, just to to this point, the first time I ever heard of him, he was on, it might have been around that time, because I remember that interview you're talking about, but I remember him saying a lot of shit, uh, how he was uh, support in support of Islam and saying that it's not what a lot of people make it out to be. And he was using some very clever language, but just bottom line facts, he was lying, period. He was very, very, he was saying like, well, the Bible has some things in it and it was super, and if he's a scholar the way he says he is, there's no way he's uninformed. So I have to say it was disingenuous. I have to. And and I always kind of looked at it like at some point, you know, you're just going to have to give up certain things in order to modernize and moderate any kind of religious uh, zealotry. And the religious zealotry, but depending on your faith, may be, like, authentic. It may call for you to do some wild shit. But, but, you know, most people within them, you know, within their own life, pick and choose what they're really going to cling to. You know, the greatest example of that is, like, Catholics. Catholics will be, you know, diehard, and obviously I'm speaking in broad strokes. There's a tendency within the Catholic faith for people to be really devout, you know what I'm saying? But the mob was like Catholics, you know what I'm saying? Like those dudes will murder 50 people and right. then you know, go in and, uh, you know, do the little, the cross over like, their chest and, you know, and everybody's fucking and, you know, but it's like, okay, but, you know, we're supposed to do this. So you're clinging to the religion, you're identifying with the religion, it's an integral part of how you would identify yourself, but you really ain't trying to do all the shit it's asking you to do, you know? And if Muslims do the same thing with like, look, if you disagree with me, I don't need to destroy your, your statue or murder anybody. And so I thought he was like a, um, a moderating voice for Islam to kind of get it to be uh, reasonable and, and to, to kind of, to kind of stem some of the extremist elements, which again, you could, you could really make the argument that it's an authentic aspect of the faith. But I mean, you know, just, you know, there's Jews that eat pork. Just leave that shit behind, man. Just Right, right. You know, I get that. Dude. I totally get that. I totally get that. It's just that when you talk, there's a difference between, you know, eating pork and sawing the heads off non-believers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's a, a little there's bit. A difference. It's a difference. So if people within the within the the juicy faith decide that they're gonna be like, you know what, I want some bacon, 
that that's like whatever you just you just have and and it's also them deciding to disobey the rules of their religion versus another person deciding they want to kill infidels oh, because they want to obey their religion you know what i'm saying so for them to for on one side you doing something minute who ain't really going to ain't really going to hurt nobody but a pig and you're breaking your laws this person would be upkeeping their laws by doing some atrocious shit to other human beings because they don't agree with them. So it's like, I don't, I'm not one of those people who like, Oh, I fear Islam as an ideology. But when somebody, you know, if there's like, Oh, I'm Muslim or people who defend it, I listen very closely to what they're saying because I feel it's going to be either you don't know enough about this to realize what's what it really is and what it's really saying, or you're lying. And that's also, um, I think uh, Judaism has something like this too. I'm not positive, but you you're allowed to lie to non-believers, especially yeah, if the, in Islam, Takia. I believe it's Takia. Yeah, Takia. Yeah, yeah. So you're allowed to lie, especially if you're occupying a land where the dominant uh, the dominant society is not Islamic. So it's basically used like in the context of, to preserve your life because they might kill you. So you could be like, oh no, Jesus is cool, and you could completely not believe that shit but you can say it to keep yourself alive or you can say it to protect the religion from scrutiny so anytime somebody say hey do y'all really believe that it's okay to have sex with a nine-year-old girl I'm like oh that's not true that's a misconception of it and, and they totally uh, they're not talking scholarly they're just hiding some shit so they can throw you off the trail and i that to me that's enough to make me not want nothing to do with any of that shit and also side-eye the fuck out of a person who identifies themselves as Islamic. Like, I'm not going to throw rocks at you or no shit like that, but if you roll up on me and you say you you Muslim, I'm going to be like, oh, okay, word. All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I just got to I gotta keep an eye on you, bro. I feel the same way if you if you told me you were an anarchist. I'd be like, okay, word. I'm going to just make sure you don't start busting windows or some shit like that. Just, in, you know, there's certain shit that's going to definitely get a side-eye from me. I'll try to treat you like everybody else, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> Right. Well, we have formally we have to disavow, but I get what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I, that's just, you know, that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Like if somebody walk up to you and they tell you that they're a fucking skinhead or some shit like that. Right. Or, you know, and you you just and he, to, and, right? he, and he and right and he might be a nice skinhead where he's really cool. You right. know, he gives possibly. Weed, you know what I'm saying? He he comes through. He's like, hey, I got these, you know, extra cheddar bay biscuits from Red Lobster. You want one? <laughs> and his extent of, you know, I just I hate the blacks and I hate the Jews. And but I'm not trying to fuck anybody up. You know, right? I just, right. I just want to outperform them. If he says I just want to outperform them, right. I want to have more babies than they have. I want my kids to go right. to have great educations and be successful in the world. Then that's fine. I, I ain't mad at you for that. Now, when you start talking about your plan to make sure nobody, you know what I mean? Like, if you right. want to also slow everybody else down to help you right. move forward, then that's that's a different conversation. But there, yeah. there could be some neo skinheads who like don't believe in genocide and all that shit. They're just like, nah, we're just gonna have more kids and be nicer. We're gonna be better right. in the world than they are. Gunther couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been a nice <laughs> Gunther. <laughs> Gunther. Yeah, he had those cool boots. I remember Gunther. <laughs> yeah so you know so for for who i thought you know all of the um the 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 Sam, what's the sam harris type problematic concerns regarding islam all that aside reza aslan struck me as like a sincere scholarly you know reasonable human being 
And you know, and and there could be some deception on his part. I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt um you know that your your suspicions are correct. But even still, I still feel like you know I'm I'm talking to a reasonable person. Now he did eat like some brains on one of those CNN shows, and some people have speculated that you know maybe he got some I don't know some 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 kind of brain parasite or some shit from eating animal brains on some excursion. Uh, but I don't know. He's he's lost his mind. So just no, he as ate a, human brains, human brains. What's the human brain? Human brains. Well, hold on, bro. Hold yeah. on. See, That's oh, okay. He was over here fucking with them crazy ass cannibal Hindus and shit. Those. Wild, what, wild what, what is it? Uh, that that juice disease, Yakets, Crutzfeld, or something like that. Yeah, some it's crazy shit. People got from like eating sheep brains, and one of it was so. It was so um, deadly and like so contagious, like the the dissecting or operating table that they um they they worked on somebody on that had it. Yo, they just buried that shit like it was nuclear waste. <laughs> they didn't try to wash it. They Damn. just straight you know, burying the whole thing. <laughs> Yo, yeah, well, he ate human brain. Like, I I get going to these places to see people and. And these dudes, I've seen uh, shows where people have gone to see these guys, the Agori, where they've gone yeah. to see them before. And they're they're kind of fucking mean, bro. So <laughs> if you get on the wrong side while you in here, like, I think I saw one where the, they were blowing a bunch of smoke or something in the tent, wherever they were at. And the, the guy who was there to see them was coughing and shit. And they was kind of offended that he was coughing from the smoke in the tent. They're like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with your man, bro? Like, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> it, was, it was shit was getting hostile. And if you know these are a bunch of dudes who practice cannabis, and, and, you know, to keep it fair, they don't, as far as I know, they don't hunt people and kill them and eat them. They're all very frail looking dudes and they just kind of meditate all day. But they, there's a lot of dead bodies and dead, like, uh, death rituals and shit that happens on the, uh, what's it called? The Ganges. And so there's, there's, they could probably just find dead human parts to eat. So I don't think they hunting people. They are not like malicious jungle killers and no shit like that. But they definitely are. They, the cannibalism is part of their, you know, so quote unquote religion. So at least the the slice of the religion that that they adhere to, cannibalism is part of it. I think they do everything like uh, part of um, what you could eat messing with shit that's dead is part of it like instead of rejecting the dead bodies they want to go hug them and instead of being afraid of poop i rub it on myself like that whole you know switching up uh what society thinks is good type of vibe right hey, I mean, hey? yeah yeah go for it man i mean <laughs> now now this is the kind of shit that starts those immigration conversations right <laughs> like hey listen as long as you don't come over here rubbing shit on yourself and eating dead bodies we're fine. You're gonna have to wear a fucking Yankees baseball baseball cap and eat a cheeseburger. We can't be doing no cannibalism and and, and shit rubbing. And then I don't know where that's from. The people that want to, you know, and I, I, you know, to each their own. But who? I don't understand this. This like, um, I don't know. I guess there would be a lot of stuff that we don't know about if there wasn't people like that. But just to go out and look for that shit and not just observe it. But like I I'm gonna be amongst them. You know, right. like I have to I have to be a part of this. And I there's nothing that I desire to know that much that I need to subject myself to that. Like I'm good. 
Maybe yeah. I'll know that I, I'll never know that they existed, and I don't know that my life is going to be worse off if I don't know that there's some shit rubbing brain eating tribe <laughs> in the wilderness that I just don't know about. I would be okay, but there's there's a there's a there's a block of human beings amongst us that they've got to sniff out every square inch of what's available. I, I just want to know about it. But yeah. once this guy's talking about punching kids in the face and we got to burn shit down, you know. We've, we've reached a moment where everybody is absolutely out of their mind, and I, I believe them. I believe them at this point. So he wants I to punch kids in the stuff. face and burn shit down if they just because somebody's talking about oh, yeah. replacing uh, Supreme Court statements. Justice who died. These are Twitter statements, yes. Well, for, uh, okay. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's a really uh, clever... Uh, advantageous political play here that I just don't see because I'm not involved like that. So I'm sure there's people, it's like seeing, you know, there's a lot of people who in the middle of a football game, you know, if somebody fumbles the ball, that'll get everybody out of their seats before they even know who recovers it. Like, you know, that just that moment is enough because you know what's on the line. And I'm guessing politically there's something like this and not to, not to compare this woman's death to a football fumble, but I'm just saying the feeling that some people got was probably like, Oh shit. Now's my moment. Like I can do this. I can move this around. I can call this person. So I'm sure there's a way to take advantage of it for both sides. So mm-hmm. I guess, and, you know, and, that's what and, and, and evangelicals support for Trump is derived from his commitment and at this point his fulfillment of the promise to appoint conservative judges to the court right so this shit that they're talking now like nobody agrees with a lot of the bullshit that they're saying right now the, their proposals their ideas you know the, the, i mean whenever they're talking about ideas it's all uh the orange man bad rhetoric but because they can't win anybody over with the arguments, they're basically just like, well, fuck it, we'll change the rules. So they got a campaign to like make Puerto Rico a state, to make D.C. Uh, a state that would have two senators. And it's just so they can get four more senators. <laughs> and, and then they, what they want to do is change the Supreme Court from nine judges to 15 judges, just so they can stack it with a whole bunch of their judges. So... They're like, all right, well, if we can't get people to vote for us and we can't win people over because we're actually, you know, suggesting solutions and and things that resonate with people that people want, we'll just change all the rules so we have more power anyway. Hmm. I get it. I get it. It's definitely smart. I mean, especially if that's something that's open and on the table for them to do, it might seem like a, a, a... you know, an underhanded garbage move or whatever. But if that's if that's in the paperwork, so to speak, if they can actually do that, why why wouldn't they? It's like with the whole electoral college shit and how people can redraw right. the districts. Like right. they can just draw the district in a way that benefits them. So if it's on paper that you can well, just Jerry, draw man. the district, right? Yeah, if you can draw it however you want, you, how how else do you expect me to draw it? Take right, that so shit out. <laughs> Take that part out. If you you figure something else out, if you leave an exploit like that, it's going to be used by anybody and everybody because it's supposed to be used. Like that's that's what you're supposed to do. It doesn't right. make any sense for people right. to look at it and be like, "Oh, that's so." Like, no, that's just the way the game works. Right. And the argument and the argument along those lines is he has the right to appoint a Supreme Court justice. It just so happened that the justice that passed away was a liberal judge. Uh, some would even argue an activist liberal judge. 
and uh, the Republicans controlled the Senate. So the prerogative to appoint a Supreme Court justice uh, is at the, the, the discretion of the president when he decides to, and Senate is the one that has oversight on it. So their fear is it just so happens that at this point that a liberal judge died, the Republicans uh, control the Senate, and there's a Republican president. So, you know, by that same logic, they're well within their rights to go ahead and replace her with the conservative judge. But Nancy Pelosi's already talking that shit like, yo, we're going to have to impeach some people. <laughs> They're going to try to impeach to hold this shit up. And it's like, yo, you're just you're just exacerbating people's people's patience with the process with that kind right. of like it's it's just going to incite more and more people. But, you know, I, I've accepted, you know, the simulation of the destiny aspect of all of this that that you've been breaking down. And you know what? This is just this is what we have to go through. So this is just what right. it's got. It's going to be ugly. I feel bad for the people that are going to have their lives ruined in all of this. But you know what? I mean, sometimes that's the only way humanity will learn a lesson. So I guess that's what we we're going to have a huge teachable moment coming up within the next three months. Yeah. Didn't there something similar that happened pretty much when Scalia died? Like, wasn't everybody pissed about the idea that Obama could replace him in during an election year? Well, here and 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 that's the first thing I thought of too, because and and again, they're all self-serving pieces of shit. I'm not, of course, of I'm, course. I'm I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not defending anything because I was I was super outraged that they didn't give Merrick Garland a hearing. Like that was some super duper bullshit. Okay. You could reject him, but for Mitch McConnell to be like, yo, we're not even going to give you a hearing because there's going to be an election, so no. Like right. that, and, Now, and there's that, people right. that he was aligned with. Now they're trying to replace this person, uh, uh, Ginsburg, during an election year right. without... So Oh, <laughs> way closer to the election, too. Right. So keep in mind, right. they stalled for nine months. That shit, that shit aggravated the shit out of me. And this is at a time where the Republican uh, Congress was the one of the most obstructionist Congress uh, in history. Like, like Obama basically came to them and was like, "Yo, I'll give you ten to one. You know, we you you want there to be, uh, we want some tax hikes. You want some spending decreases. I'll give you ten of what you want for every one of what you give to me." And they're like, "No." No, but we're not even going to come to the table and negotiate on those terms. So Obama did reach out to try to negotiate with them. But at that point, like, I guess the base of the Republicans was just so fanatic and deranged. They were the Antifa and BLM of the of the of the aughts <laughs> that yeah. they were like, no, don't negotiate with them at all. Don't. So all of the Republicans that wanted to keep their seats. They had to basically agree with what their base wanted, which was like, no, the Overton window has already moved too much. We've already conceded too much ground uh, to the liberals and culture has changed. And, you know, now we're discussing everything on their terms like, no, we're not budging at all. And as a result, you know, they didn't work with him at all. And so when it came time for him and the fucked up thing is like, OK, you could argue that Kagan and Sotomayor, maybe they were very left leaning judges. Okay. Merrick Garland was pretty moderate by most people's assessment of him. 
So it's not like he was like, I'm going to just get some extremist fucking pot smoking white dude with dreadlocks to, you know, nah, it wasn't anything like super hippy dippy leftist, you know, utopia shit. He's like, it was kind of a middle of the road judge. You know, what about him? Now nah, we're not even going to give him a hearing. So now they're like, yo, elections a month away. Yo, we got to force some shit in, <laughs> you know, wow. but they control the Senate. So, I mean. And nobody who is on the right, not I can't say nobody because I don't know, but I'm actually asking, is there anybody on the right, any of these pundits or these these people who uh, have, you know, the Tucker Carlson's, all these guys, would anybody bring up that little bit of hypocrisy right there about the right? Because it uh, seems Carlson to me like it, did. he did. Tucker Carlson did. Yeah. Wow. He's like, he's like, you guys oppose again, man. I love Tucker. He's just, he's reasonable, man. That's interesting. So, That's interesting, though. That says a lot. He's like, why? He's like, how can you defend? Because um, there was a guy on there that was basically advocating for, nah, President Trump needs to appoint a Supreme Court Justice ASAP. And he's like, well, the argument for Mitch McConnell, and they called it the McConnell rule, was like, yo, you uh, blocked a Supreme Court decision, a judgment. Uh, or a, for a hearing for a new appointee, uh, a new appointment uh, for nine months. So how can you say a month and a half away that it's okay to go ahead and move forward? And the argument was, well, that, that, at that point, it was a Democratic um, president and a Republican Senate. At this point, it's a Republican president and a Republican Senate. So since it's the same party, it's okay. Which, on its face, I mean, of course, it's bullshit. Your it's argument bullshit. Absolute is, bullshit. Right. Your argument is it's inappropriate when there's potentially going to be a changing of the guard for rulership to go ahead and make that decision that affects people for potentially 30 to 40 years, a lifetime appointment right. in court. So it's a huge deal, right? So... To just say, nah, but we're on the same page. But that's not how it works. The way that it works is the president nominates them, and then you either okay it, you thumbs up it, or thumbs down it. Like, if you would have actually given Merritt Gar Garland a hearing and just voted him down, okay, I would have been able to respect you. Right. But the fact that you weren't even letting it come to a vote, like, you were being dicks and obstructing on that level, nah, man, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. Yeah, it seems like it would make more sense to allow it to happen when things are divided that way because it, it could be, a, it seems like it would lead to more balance. You know what I'm saying? It seems like that's it's, how it's supposed to work. You shouldn't be able to do it if you're in control of both because you already got the power grab. So why should you also be able to do this other thing that's going to have such outreaching effects? Like it, they're doing it exactly the opposite. They're, they're, this is it's a complete you know power domination thing instead of trying to achieve balance. That is clearly the, 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 the way that it was supposed to work is nobody gets everything that they want. Right. The whole idea of divided government, right, and multiple political parties is we want A B C D E F G and you want X Y and Z, and neither one of you get it. You may get X and Y. And they may get A, B, and C, and that's it. And there's some shit that you gotta just, you know, let go. Hey, we're not gonna get that. And but the no, but the idea that it's all or nothing, like no, no relationship can exist 
when those are the terms. And because we've continually become more and more polarized where the 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 um the number of reasonable people that are willing to like compromise and you know work out a solution wherein they concede some ground the the the, the number of those people are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and that's why we're at where we're at right now so right now everybody's so polarized that yes you know uh, a, a right-leaning reporter may have an interview like Tucker Carlson did, and he may ask that question. Like, he's not trying to hide it. Hey, there's some hypocrisy. There's some bullshit. But the feeling is, because shit is so extreme on both sides, nobody's looking to play fair. Everybody's just looking to win. So they're just like, nope, that's what we're going to do. You know? Well, this uh, this is politics. I mean, it's, it's no surprise and then when you listen and hear how deep all of this shit goes and how these, you know, this hypocrisy presents itself, it just kind of reminds me of why I don't pay any attention to this shit anyway. Oh yeah, of course. It's unbelievable. It's like it's like people telling like, no, you you should, you really should. I mean, you can't really have an opinion about it. And then you do it and it's like, yo, I said this shit sucked and it fucking sucks. Right. <laughs> I said I knew this before I went through the whole process. So it's like, why? Why? There's no reason to get that deep into it. We know exactly what it is at the surface level. If all you do is watch the live feed, like if you just watch what they show you, and then when you want to cross-reference something, you just go to YouTube and see older videos. If you just watch that, it's it's a wrap for you. It's a wrap for you. I think that there's no possible way to escape uh, getting caught up in these frenzies because they're going to tell you whatever they want. Both sides are lying when it comes to politicians, when it comes to the media, when it comes to both sides are lying and the people on both sides have to protect their side even when they see the hypocrisy. That's why I said it's interesting that somebody like Tucker Carlson called called that out because I don't see that very often at all on either side. I see the tribalism, people protecting all the stupid decisions and trying to double talk when somebody who they align themselves with does something wrong or does something different. Like one of the biggest ones I remember was um, who is one of the Me Too. She's an actress, but I can't remember the name, but she was uh, Milano. No, not Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. Yeah. Yeah. It was that one. So uh, she was saying basically believe all women victims of sexual assault like you know you can never question what they say you're supposed to believe them and you're supposed to take it seriously and everything else and i think you know people agree with most of that you know automatic belief is not really that's not really how the justice system works but i get what you're saying but then when uh who was oh was the, biden i got accused of finger popping no, <laughs> no. He, he, he got accused it was of digital that. penetration Oh, it was? was before that. It was the who's the I can't remember this. I, and I'm bugging because I, I I watch all the shows, but the travel food guy who committed suicide, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend, right, was having a relationship Asia with a, Argento. Argento, seventeen-year-old kid, right. you know, and maybe oh, younger yeah. because of the. I think they did like a movie together or something when he was like fourteen or fifteen, and then she said something happened later, but who knows? But when all of that came out. Rose McGowan changed her believe all victims automatically to we should wait to get all the details because that was her friend, that's her buddy, and it was a woman. So, of course, she's looking at 
the male, all the influence. And then it, it was just kind of, you know, one of those clear spots. Of course. Where you can spot the hypocrisy. But, 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 but uh, Alyssa Milano outdid her by leaps and bounds because when this shit came out about Joe Biden and, and, and then there was corroborating evidence. Now, nobody was there. It could have been bullshit. It was just the two of them. So we don't know. He but, did it. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> They went so far, and this is and this is where it's hard not to find all of media just despicable. Like they're despicable. So a lady called in to you know those C-SPAN call-in shows, yeah, yeah. that like five people watch. So she called in and was like, "Listen, you know, my daughter was just assaulted, sexually assaulted by a major person, you know, in, in Washington, and she's scared to come forward because she don't feel like anything's gonna get done." And what happened was, is the girl, uh, I forget her name, but that accused Joe Biden of, you know, uh, digitally penetrating her against her will, um, was like, you know, my mom actually called in. So somebody dug up that tape. The moment they dug up that tape, they removed that episode from Larry King Live. What? They just, they just skipped it because there was an episode of Larry King Live where he had that C-SPAN footage. Or somebody, oh, no, no, it was, I, I take it back. It was a call in to the Larry King show. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. And that's how it was corroborated. So they just removed that episode. It just is skipped. Like you could go on and look to like, you know how they have on demand. Like right. if you go to like iTunes or you go to like any streaming service that carries it or you buy it from straight from Google, that episode is no longer available to purchase or to view. That's disgusting, now, bro. Now, now, but here's the thing that's so crazy. But the people that have been keeping up, we already know that that ep- what's on that episode. We've seen it make the news rounds. Like, but they're just on some 1984 shit. Like, yo, it doesn't exist. And the hope is is that enough people aren't paying attention so that it actually matters that they played that game of oh, it just doesn't exist. Because you wouldn't know it's not there unless you were looking for it because you already knew. But anybody that doesn't know, then they're not going to stumble across it. But to go to those links to, like, change history, to hide shit, like, that's despicable. So the difference is when you wanted to go to find shit about Trump, he said he grabbed pussy with consent because they let him. And he wasn't talking about a particular issue. He was talking about he's a fucking loser with no game. Like, yo, I bought this bitch furniture. She's still not letting me fuck. Like, right. it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> it was like painting him in a good light. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> yo, I, I'm kind of bad at this. You know, I got money, but my, my game was weak. I had to buy the bitch furniture. I had to pay for some tuition. I paid off some credit cards, and I, I'm still not getting anything out of it. You know, so it wasn't like a specific instance. Now, this was not on the episode, not on the interview. This was some cameras are off, but the mic was on footage that you obtained. You went back 13, 14 years to find that shit to leak it out to the public. This is some shit that was broadcast on TV, and it wasn't a conversation. It was a woman saying, yeah, he grabbed me and he shoved his fingers up my twat. You go back in time for some shit that was broadcast, and you remove it. Like, the same entity... (laughs) That's leaking some shit said in private is now pretending some shit that was publicly broadcast doesn't exist. So 
as much as I hate the hypocrisy of shoving through a Supreme Court justice when you just obstructed for nine months, I kind of can't be mad at them because that's what they're up against. They're up against that same level of hypocrisy from what Michael Malice calls the cathedral. It's it's a whole orthodoxy of uh, of establishment information, and this is what everybody's going to think, and this is the line we're going to toe. So I don't know, man. I mean, in a perfect world, it it shouldn't go like that, you know. It, it shouldn't be that way on either side, right? Right, right. But that's the I point. Mean, right, that's it's, the point. It's not righteous. Yeah, that's the point. That's the magnetism that we're gonna have to be attracted to eventually. That's gonna have to become the fucking north star, bro. I mean, if nothing else is gonna help, because anytime you're trying to protect people, and no matter how dirty they act in or how underhanded their tactics are shit like that it just drags everything down with it you have no leg to stand on about nothing else you can't be self-righteous about nothing you can't claim you have uh, integrity ever because of this thing that you're doing and, and it all has that slippery like slope effect though it isn't isn't it like steroids like once that pandora's box is open if you don't take the steroids you're not going to be competitive because i agree with you and it and it disgusts me the point that we've arrived at. But if one side is going to defend their people no matter what and not call out their people at all, then you're kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage if you're going to be moral about it. You know? So I I don't know, man. I I, I don't I don't know what they do unless they're just basically going to be like, "Okay, we're not going to do that, but it's going to put us at a disadvantage." I mean, nobody's doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing. Everything's a calculated cost of what it's going to mean to their bottom line or their reelection, you know, prospects. Nobody's looking at it like, yo, this shit is just wrong. I don't want to do it. Those aren't the kind of people that are currently leading our civilization, unfortunately. They don't run our biggest businesses. They don't sit in the seats of power. Those people that are there, they're sociopaths. They're power-hungry monsters all of them i don't think that there's any decent i don't think if you're a decent human being you can get to that level and maybe that's some you know illuminati conspiracy theory shit on my end but i just don't i just don't think you can function because i don't think you're gonna have the stomach to make the kind of alliances and and be dishonest on that level you're not gonna be able to do that like if you're a feeling human being that has a moral compass like you got you got to be able to be really ethically ambiguous to to get there so it, the 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 system demands those kinds of people so that's what we got those are the people that we have in charge of this shit yeah the problem is it's, it's all competitive instead of cooperative because different rules apply when shit is cooperative you know if it's if it's competitive you you almost have to throw morals out the window especially if there's no real uh checks and balances no nobody watching over the competition to make sure that everybody's conducting themselves in a certain way you know what i mean so if if everybody's doing it you either walk off the field or you get in the game and take some steroids so you can outrun these other motherfuckers (laughs) you know what i mean but if it's if it's cooperative there's a different set of rules if somebody's uh, cheating and doing some bad shit and we're cooperating for a common goal you fucking all of us over 
right? So that, right. Th- then we don't have to be like, so if you if you all building a barn together and Ezekiel's over here bugging with the nails and hey, he's just nailing anything <laughs> anywhere, you don't just look at him and be like, well, I can't let Ezekiel nail more nails than me. I'm going to start nailing stupid too. We all going to get fucked over. The barn's going to fall on everybody and kill us. You go over there and you be like, son, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta go have a talk with dude and let him know this is this ain't what you what you think it is. You got to act right. So the, and to, as long as we're facing off with each other and it's competitive and it's like they're not even... It's a basketball game, right? It's like they're not even playing for a, a common goal anymore. It's not like this is the left wing and the right wing of a bird and the only way we can fly is if we flap in unison. This one, the left wing's trying to saw the right wing off. And they're like, how does that help the overall problem? Like, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Nobody's going to survive this shit if all you want to do is fight each other. Aren't both, like, aren't both sides supposed to have the same overall goal? Right? If your destination is the same, how much can we argue about what route to get there? Like, if we all go, if we go into the same location, there might be a couple ways to get there, but we we are going to the same location, right? I mean, are we? I, that's what I thought it was. I thought everybody was lined up to try to make shit good and help everybody out, but they're like, "No, nah, that's not what's happening." I'm like, so so what exactly is happening? Oh, well, the people on the right want everybody to stay poor and they want to just get rich off your labor, and they have uh, offshore bank accounts and they dump their fucking toxic waste in the ocean and they deforesting and they hate brown people. All right, what are the people on the left? Is that like the Greenpeace party? Like, no, nah, they want everybody to be rich and they want to kill. Actually, they want to kill the rich people and distribute their money out to everybody else. <laughs> And just have a smaller amount of rich people who pretend to be aligned with the rest of the poor people. Or I don't even know. I really, really don't even know how to explain that shit these days because it's all chaos. It's all chaos. There's not a whole lot of um, broad statements that you can make at this point about the left, I think, or right. Maybe more so the right. I think the right may be at this particular time more aligned with what they say their value system is. So I think they might be a little bit more transparent. They might be a little bit more like if you read they they bio, the shit that they're doing in the world probably mostly aligns with what with what they say about themselves, how they self-identify. The left is completely different in my opinion at this point. Because if you read what they claim to represent and then you actually look at the actions and activities and the ties and follow the money on the left, they pretty much doing the exact same thing as the people on the right. They're just pretending that they're not doing it. The, so, the game is at this point is one side is exploiting grievances and the other side is exploiting fear. So the current dynamic is, yo, you got a reason to be upset. You got, yo, you know how fucked up your situation, yo, everything is against you, is unfair, everything is horrible, the sun is not shining, right, it rains every day. You can't make it no matter how much you try, You know what it is, they need to take that sound bite, did you ever see that shit from Wolf Blitzer when he's talking about the hurricane, and he sees the people... And he's like, oh, they're so poor and they're so black. <laughs> you, oh, my you have God. Seen, have no, you bro, I would have remembered that. Oh, good Yo, Lord. If you Google that. And you know what he was? He was trying to make the point like, you know, they're black and <laughs> oh, poor and, it, and it's so sad. But the way it came out was like, <laughs> they are just so poor. 
and so black and that shit went out on live tv you know i feel like that's the that's the democratic line like you are so poor and so black and it never it, the <laughs> sun is never out and you have no idea how upset you should be and then the right just goes to their people and it's like yo are you afraid you should be afraid they want to end america and for a while it was kind of like bluster now there's enough evidence where it's like yeah no i think they may really be trying to end america because there's sedition charges they're talking about overthrowing the government and revolution and they're trying to create a coup so a lot of those fears like seem more real now and that's it so one side is milking grievances the other side is milking fear and meanwhile uh. more than half of the country don't even vote <laughs> so more than half the country's like yeah we know this is all bullshit fuck off i don't have time for this right and then and then and you can't really be mad at them you can't so if people want to enjoy life and they don't want to be because first of all everybody's trying to deceive them so do, do, do you think like i have i have you know i'm i'm there's a bit of a, a touch of autism here i don't expect everybody to go and and check 50 different sources to figure out if they're being lied to or not most people have responsibilities they have children's they they have they have life goals. They have you know they have important things to do. They don't have time to do that, you know. So they're not going to look into it. Like you're going, you have to have a touch of mental illness if you're really going to sniff out everything to to figure out what's going on, or you're just supremely curious about it. But you can't expect most people to do that. So yeah, one side's milking fear, the other side's milking grievances. Half the country isn't even paying attention, and meanwhile. The idyllic, um, the, the the idyllic situation that you painted uh, is that yeah, you know, we're two wings of a bird, and you know, let's just fly because we're going to the same destination, and where we can argue about uh, exactly how we should fly, but we're agreeing that we're going to a goal of a more peaceful, prosperous, cooperative, and safe existence. Like we're all going the same place, but with all of that going on, the grievances, the fear, and the non-participation. Nothing is getting solved. No real problem is actually getting solved. Right. Nothing that's really a concern. Like yeah. wealth inequality? No, no, not getting solved. Both parties are like, yo, I'm rich. I mean, what? What else you want to talk about? Right. Like, yeah, I have I'm, I'm I have good. access to I have access to infinite insider trading. Like you could buy a you could buy a big screen uh, flat screen TV now for like three hundred bucks. Like, you're getting something. You know, you don't have to be that rich to have a pretty decent lifestyle now. So even though I'm going to have a whole bunch of general uh, generational wealth that, that you'll never be able to touch, look, man, you got a PlayStation. You got a flat screen TV. You're all right, man. You're doing okay. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, if you got a $500 video game system in your living room, you pretty much, I, I'm pretty sure all bets are off at this point. There's not a whole lot of shit you can complain about. There's really not. If you even if you're eating ramen noodles every day, it's like, yeah, you got a five hundred dollar PlayStation now. You know how much ramen that is, bro? It's like, like a year's many, worth of ramen. Or or how many years of physical labor that buys in another country? Years of physical labor. Right. Right. You can make Nikes for four years on five hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> you, you can manufacture Nikes for four years on five hundred dollars, bro. Right. You can and have you a, a whole PlayStation. Fleet. Right. So I mean it <laughs> dude. 
it, it's it's I saw this uh this doc I actually re and I even thought about it when I because I, I canceled my Netflix subscription I did cancel over the cuties thing I'm like nah man I can't fuck with y'all but there was this um documentary my friend told me about the um the social dilemma which gets into uh yeah um yeah. Uh, the uh you know the uh social media game and how they sell advertising. And I had heard one of the dudes on a Sam Harris podcast, and it was one of my favorite ones, where it was a guy that had left Facebook, and he knew when all this was going down and how they were monitoring you and how they were kind of exploiting how dopamine works to kind of get you addicted and keep coming back. Like, um, And it has a quote in there. I forget who the quote was from, but it was such a good quote. And they were like, there's only two industries when you refer to your customers as users. They're like, uh, social media and uh, legal drugs, <laughs> and I'm so, like, yeah, that's true. That's kind of like, that's, that's kind of cute. But that was around before there was social media because of uh, use. That's all for all websites because the the graphic design is called user interface. So it's uh, like if you anybody who logs on, like if you were logging on to Best Buy to buy a TV, that's you're the user. You know what I'm saying? Because of how you're in, in, interfacing with the website. So I, I get what they're saying. It's cute. It's nice. But that phrase was definitely in full precise. effect. Yeah, it was in full effect before there was Facebook and all that other shit. So the user is the person who's in, looking at the website, whatever the website is, even if it's not social media. Right. But I, I realized when I re-upped my subscription, that was the first thing I watched. So now they know what brought me back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to craft your algorithm. Everything, yes, right. Yeah. So it, it, even in even in making that decision to be like, damn, I really want to watch this shit. Let me pay my $8.99 to get my Netflix back. Um, I just gave them more data. So they know what it was, my breaking point to, to have me come back. Listen, we showed some softcore child porn. I understand that upset you. But, you, but what... what <laughs> What got me to sell out my principles because I just had to watch some shit. So right, no. but even they- even then, if you really think about it, if you really think about it, the way it's all signed, like it's made to give you a streamlined experience. Because I'm positive there's another end of the spectrum where you log into your Netflix and it's all fucking bubblegum anime. You'll be like, "What the fuck is this shit? Netflix is broken." I don't right. want to see none of this bullshit. Why are you showing me children cartoons? If this is garbage, you know that that would cause other people to cancel their Netflix or f- try to figure out what's the matter. Why isn't the algorithm serving me the way I want it to serve me? There's a dude who watches fucking Rambo movies and Fast and Furious every day. If he logs into his Netflix and is queer eye for the straight guy, he's gonna be fucking pissed. Right, <laughs> pissed. You know what I mean? Because he wants the algorithm to act right, and that shit acts right by taking your information. See, I, I watched it. We watched the social network or the so whatever it's called. And uh, everything that they were saying was true, but they were framing it in a way as it was like, oh, it's dangerous. It's the end of the world. I get that. We don't have a, we don't have a, a, a index for this because it is a social experiment. We don't really know how it's going to affect the human brain over time. It's already showing some signs that people are, you know, taking this shit kind of hard, but it's like, there's a Darwinian aspect to this. There just is. If you go on Instagram and you see people, like you know from using Instagram that people that there's filters for the use. When you take a picture, there's a filter. You know on Snapchat, there's some shit that makes your eyelashes look dope and gives you mascara and all this shit. Makes your lips bigger and blush. 
So if, if you understand that about the way the interface works, how do you then look at edited pictures and become self-conscious about your real face and body? This is bad, like, human psychology being uh, highlighted by technology. Technology is showing you flaws in, in the human thinking system because it, it, it makes no sense. It's like watching car. How old do you have to be before if you watch cartoons and you say, man, I, you know, I watched fucking Tom and Jerry. They hit, he got hit in the head with a mallet. And then in the next scene, he was running around like he was fine. I hit myself in the head with a mallet and I got this big ass knot and I passed out for a few minutes. Why am I so weak? Now I'm depressed because I'm not as strong as Tom on, on the fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like how, how old do you have to be before you like, yo, this motherfucker's stupid. You, you can't do that. This is not real. You, it's not real. You can't oh, take shit. this from fantasy land and, and, and graft it onto your actual physical reality body. You're going to have some problems. Tom Just, is so resilient. Right. He's so resilient. He's so strong. I feel like <laughs> a coward and weak. I feel like a weakling. More like Tom. Yeah. I was watching fucking Wiley Coyote the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Took a rocket to the face. He had right. some soot on his face, but he was right back to chasing the roadrunner within seven or eight seconds. I, I blew up a yeah. Roman candle weak. in my face. I lost a fucking eye. I'm weak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so weak. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should kill myself. Exactly, yeah. right? And then, yeah. and then he kills himself for being weak, too weak to, to, to survive the shit that happens to Tom and Jerry. And then we go look at Instagram. And we tell right. Instagram that they have a, they're, they're promoting a false sense of beauty. You See, can't do that. Is, the thing is, though, I think you, I think you represent a uh, uh, a minority in the populace. In that you can be within all those realms and not not get caught up in all the bullshit to where it affects you. It affects your emotions. It affects your energy. It affects how you feel about things. I don't think that that's the majority of people's experience. Like. For me, I, I recognized how wrapped up I was getting in that shit and, and how, like, easily it was. And I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, but I, I made the decision to be like, yeah, I don't want to be a part of that, you know. And that's, and that's, maybe that's something, too, where I don't understand why people, like, have bought into the, the fact that this is the real world to the extent that if you recognize that it's bringing misery into your life, why would you continue to do it? Right. You know, and 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 I do think though it's different because I had all my my friends and my life before the internet. Like you know, th there was a it was there was an existence before the internet, but now I think with the way kids are, like that is their life, and like the real world is kind of like ancillary experiences that you get that are coordinated on the internet. Like they all live in that space. So for them to like, they, then it's not even a possibility to be like, nah, I'm just cutting that off. I'm not going to be involved in it because they've, they've been raised within the technology. So it's probably harder for them. I don't know. It, it's definitely something that can be used more responsibly, but I didn't like what they tried to do was blame the algorithm and blame the advertisers. Yeah. And this was, this was just to me like the predatory loan shit, right? Like, okay, so you're telling me banks are going out of their way. They want to give loans to people that they know can't pay them back. Okay, listen, 
you go do that business model in your own life. Go look for people that you know can't pay you back and hand them huge sums of money. And you tell me how that works as a business plan. That's not a smart business plan. Yeah, like it's unsustainable yeah, so, for sure. Right, right. So, you know, the idea that it's predatory lending. Yeah, people always all salespeople are looking for marks, but you don't want to put it as like the dude that said he made five hundred thousand dollars a year working at Target knew he didn't make five hundred thousand dollars a year. The broker knew he didn't make five hundred thousand dollars a year. They all lied and did a stated income loan. And now he's in a house that he can't afford the payments. And it tells you right on there in the truth, the lending statement, what you're going to end up paying. And it tells you if you got a variable rate, how it's calculated and when it's going to adjust. You knew in two years you were going to have a different payment. You knew it could right. go up three points and it could only go down one point. So it's already set up in a way that the bank's always going to get the benefit. You didn't have to agree to those terms, but you did. Right. So and they framed it in the same way as like everybody, all the users are victims. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have to engage in that. Like and you don't have to give a fuck. And I don't even think about it the way that you laid it out. But, yeah, maybe there is some Darwinianism at work. Like if you if you're that caught up and you don't see that this is all fake and bullshit, like, you know, you need a little bit more guidance. You need your, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. you got to get some perspective. And I'm going to keep it real, too, because that's only one aspect of the whole message that's going out, like the whole wave that's going out and, and influencing people. It's also about um, productivity, things like productivity and success. So that's always, all, that's also hitting people. It's not just, but that thing, that can be uh, inflated also. So things that may affect me a little bit more is seeing how successful another artist might be, or how much of a following they have and how much, and then it makes you compare your work to their work. So it may not be body image or something like that, Right. But I've definitely been affected by that type of thing because I want to be in the same space. I want to kind of occupy that space as an artist. So I see, oh, look at this guy is like doing this and his prints are selling like that. But I wonder if it's good as mine or if mine is better. than it. So that, that process can happen, but you don't let it stick to you. You don't let it define how you see your own work and your self-worth and shit like that. So I guess it's sort of a privilege to even to even be able to do that type of math in your own mind. A lot of people just are on autopilot and they soaking this shit up and, and internalizing it. And there is a lot of fault involved in that. Like you said, you can't just completely blame the system of what it is. You know, it's just, it's everybody. It's everybody. It's all the, these women are out here being, they're insecure because they don't want to take their clothes off on social media. But if you scroll in social media, you see a, a chick that's half naked and she has 43,000 likes. You know what I mean, and and for and that comparison that you make about that and yourself is forcing you to maybe make some moral decisions. Or should I do this? Should I do that? When the real question is, why is the attention so valuable? What what? How are you going to convert this into actual real life? You know, success. How are you? Just because this person got thirty thousand likes on a picture of you know her brand new ass that she just got how how does that change your life in the real world would be my question you know what i'm saying like i would have to think what are you going to do if you got as many likes as this other person did you know there's there's people out there there's dudes out here want to be like uh personal trainers and shit and like so if you get the five thousand likes that that guy got and then what what the what's the rest of the plan what's the rest of everything else and that's i guess what people are not factoring in they just want the attention itself 
attention is absolutely a great fucking commodity these days. If you want to sell anything, you got to have attention. But is but people just seem to be after just the attention because they don't worry about their integrity. They don't worry about the repercussions of what they're doing. So really all they want is that little wave of fame, because if you wanted anything long-term, you would understand that I got to conduct myself a certain way. I got to be respectful to people. It would be about more than just how to get the initial surge of attention. So, but, and also another thing I noticed about that show, a lot of those people got rich in social media Almost all of them we, they were talking to got rich designing and creating these algorithms. Yeah. So, and then they leave and then they make a documentary about how dangerous and detrimental this shit is. And all of them have a new algorithm for you to jump into. The one dude has like a meditation app or some shit like that. It's like, so, okay, I see exactly what you're doing. Like you already got rich designing some shit that's you say is going to destroy the fucking world. Right. So what you have for us is you complain about it and you interest introduce us to your new app. Right. That that's how that, that's basically what this was. It was a long right. ass commercial. Join, join the conversation at our website. Yeah, exactly. Join. It was a long ass <laughs> commercial about why you should get off Facebook and get on Meditate. It's the new right. app that'll like get the fuck out of here, bro. You're gonna do the same shit. There's gonna be commercials on it in a month. And it might right. be commercials for for a quinoa smoothie. Rather than commercials for fucking flaming hot Cheetos, but it's—I mean, what's the difference, really? You hack in mind space. You hack in, you know, psychological reality, uh, psychological real estate, to get what you need out of people. Now, I'm personally not all the way opposed to it because I just—I don't—I don't care if I'm if I'm driving in the car and I happen to mention kombucha, and then I open my phone and I see an ad on Instagram for kombucha, like I don't feel violated. Because I don't really give a shit. I mean, I, either yeah. I'm going to get me some or I'm not. So if yeah, I was already talking about it, yeah. if, I, if I was in the car or if I'm in the house talking about kombucha, I'm, maybe I'm going to get some anyway. So this commercial that you're showing me is not really going to influence me. on what I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. So yeah. I'm not outraged I've by never, seeing the commercial. I've never bought anything online that I wasn't already wanting to buy. Right. And, right. and I, think, I think that tends to be and uh, disavow. But I think that I think that tends to be a masculine thing. I think men, for the most part, like we go out and we buy what we're gonna buy, and yeah. I, that's why we're we're advertised to the least. The people that are advertised to the most are women and children. Those yeah. those those are the the hard targets. So you know, it probably maybe doesn't affect us like it would other people. But there's I'm sure there's a lot of people who made some impulse buys. Because they got that, you know, but again, at, at some point, it just it just becomes like, I, I, I don't I don't want to keep embracing this victim narrative for everybody. Like right. if you use social media, you were exploited and they took your information, they advertised to you. My my bigger concern is the the Edward Snowden aspect to it is like it's basically a catalog of everybody's mind, you know, like. If it's just being used for advertising, that's one thing. If it's being used to coordinate a civil war or topple a government and, you know, and spy on everybody, that's that's a whole nother different nefarious aspect of it. If all it's going to do is offer me, you know, quinoa smoothies and kombucha, okay, cool. You know, but if they're turning all that data over to the government, you know, that that is kind of concerning that we we basically all have these these like avatars of our brains you know it's like what whatever 
we're into, whatever we're thinking about. You know, there's a there's a, now at this point, the, the smartphone has basically become a way for advertisers to literally be in our head. So, and that's why that targeted advertising works so much. You know, they know like like we're giving them the complete access and and for the sake of, you know, having access to these things now that have become, you know, for most people indispensable. They couldn't imagine their lives not participating on these platforms like you're a weirdo if you're not on it like how how can you yeah, not be right. on it right i don't know i see i see a lot of this shit dude I, I see, there's definitely a lot of conversations about it but i feel like if with the advertising as far as that goes if uh like you said i'm not buying anything that i wasn't considering buying anyway so the impulse thing is not is definitely not working on me but i can see where like you said women and children they have a lot, their, their whole brain state is going to be different about it. Children have a lot of influence over the parents because the parents just don't want to argue. Right. Most times they don't uh, want to like just keep do whatever you got to do to keep them quiet. And so if they get excited about some shit, you're better off just buying it than trying to come up with a reason you know, to, to not buy it. And then you got to deal with the noise. But I think uh, the advertising companies, if they're trying to get in your head, all they really have is the data that you naturally, uh, they consolidate in the data that you naturally create just by browsing the internet, looking at shit. And the reason that we're afraid of it is because we know the people who are in control of it are, have been underhanded and dastardly bastards for a long right. time. Because in a perfect world, if the government is you, listening to all bunch of shit that you say on your phone, like, It'd probably be a whole lot of sex traffickers to get disappeared off the streets and fucking serial rapists and all kind of shit like that. It would probably be easy to find these people. Like you said, they they on they got to be on social media, right? Who's not on social media? So they out right. here. They 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 out here moving around about in the world in a way that if it was only that, it would be easy for people to be like, yeah, this shit's working pretty good. We just started listening on people's phones and we found a bunch of motherfuckers that was that was kidnapping and doing all so we just start running down on them and grabbing their ass. But the problem is, you know, in fifteen or twenty years, when the crime goes down because everybody knows what's happening, then they're just gonna be bored and they're gonna be showing up at people's houses and shit like, yo, you've been watching a lot of videos on quantum physics lately. So uh what you doing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what? I ain't do nothing. I'm just watching videos. Yeah, but uh, I don't think I like the kind of videos you're watching. So that's the kind of Gestapo shit that'll probably, it'll devolve into right. almost right. immediately. It, 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 it can easily become. I mean, there was a lady that got arrested in um, Australia because she organized a protest on social media. She right. didn't go to the protest. There wasn't a protest. She was on social media trying to organize it, and she's yeah. getting arrested in front of her kids, and she's like, okay, I won't do it then. I just won't go to the protest. It's too late, bitch. Come with us. Yeah, because like, it was a protest. Yeah, it was an anti-mask protest. Right. And that's seen as, a, a, you know, what is it? Health, not health hazard, but it's something, some kind of phrase that they would use. It's a, you know, a threat to public safety. And if you're telling, if you're the one telling people to gather and do it, that's inciting. You know what I mean? So if, if she was organizing a rally 
against a certain politician that she didn't like, I don't think she would have been arrested. Or if she was like, yo, they, they're going to legalize some shit. I don't want them to legalize, so let's just go out here and, sh- and have our presence felt. I, she probably wouldn't have been arrested. But since they got a public health ordinance where you can't be, it can't be no whole bunch of people around with no mask on and shit, that's just what it is. And if you call people to that action, you you inciting some some shit that ain't supposed to be going down right now. So that's one of the reasons that you know freedom of speech is a good thing. And not a lot of people don't understand that that's not a given in most of the world. That's not a it, given. It's a lot it, of places. It, <laughs> it doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Yeah, that's what people don't understand. It literally doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Every every place else got some blasphemy laws, some morality laws. You know, there's something, you know, and we had obscenity laws, but once we challenged it based on our ideals, we couldn't defend it. Like we had to, we had to err on the side of like, okay, I get the intention of obscenity laws, but it violates people's rights. So it overturns. So even if we temporarily are doing the wrong thing, the founding principles demand that we reevaluate it. And for the most part, shit gets corrected. When we do something and it is in the wrong way, and it does violate the the standards and principles. It may it may it may go on for a little bit, but eventually it's going to make its way up through the system, and it's going to have to overturn. It's going to have to over you know be changed. We could only say that you know all men were you know created equal so many times before we're like okay, slavery and Jim Crow doesn't make sense. Not letting everybody that wants to get married get married, it doesn't make sense. We can't defend it on its on on based on the principles. So. You know, we we definitely take that for granted that we can we can basically say we can even we can even have calls to violence as long as they're not credible. Like that's crazy. You as long say, as they're not credible. Well, yes, oh, I can right, tell you, right, right, right. I can tell you I'm gonna fuck you up, but if I don't have really the the means to do so, then you I can't get in trouble for it because it's an empty threat. You know, you uh-huh. uh, it's it's only prosecutable. If if I actually have the means to do it, well, I think I'm pretty sure almost anybody has the means to fuck up almost anybody. I mean, just about. I mean, if you, if you, what, what would decide that? Would it be like, is it social class or like, do you have to be? If a handicapped person tells you I'm gonna whoop your ass, you can't take it seriously, or what? what? I don't understand I, I, how the line is drawn in that one. It has to do with like a call to, I think the case was Brandenburg versus Ohio. And it was like a KKK dude and freedom of speech and what are you allowed to say and what can't you say? And the the court basically made the decision, which I guess has set precedent for how all of these things play out in court since, that as long as it's not a call to immediate violence, like you could even talk about violence down the road. <laughs> Like, like if, one of these if days happens, maybe right. <laughs> but if if it's not something immediate, then you're good. Then you're good. Wow. I mean, I mean, because th- think about it. I mean, if you got a Twitter profile, you know, think about the Covington kids and and um, and Reza Aslan. He was one of the dudes who was like, "Yo, he needs to get punched in the face." <laughs> you know, there was a whole bunch of people saying. Uh, you know, if I see you, I mean, there's people that are online right now threatening to burn stuff down and things are getting burned down. So and and there's a digital record that you said it, you know, so you can't say, you know, you were just joking or it's like you said it, you know. So, wow. I mean, it, it, it's it's it, it's very, very loose. And other countries couldn't imagine 
giving their people that ability to say shit. And that's why, you know, Facebook has to have a different version for every other country that it operates in. Because and, and and the fucked up thing that's happening is because they're censoring other people in other places in the world at the behest of their government. And instead of just leaving us the fuck alone, they're they're kind of modeling that same shit towards us. Right, because it's a private thing. It's like, you know, you can kick somebody out of your house for saying some shit you don't like. They can't just plant their feet and be like, fuck that, I ain't leaving. Like, I've never heard no shit. I'm, I see it now with people who uh, don't want to wear their mask and shit, and they go in Target, and they're like, no, nah, fuck that. I want to buy my stuff. And they're like, get out. And they, like they feel so entitled to visit this private place. I mean, it's open to the public, but it's a private business. I mean, what would make you think that you have a right to purchase to give them your money if they don't want it? Like, and, why, and should you have, you, why should you be able to force them to take your money? Right. And the, the people, the, and this is because I feel like I've been bashing on the left for so much. And so I, I kind of relish in the opportunity to talk a little shit about the right when I can. Um, that shit with the masks just drives me crazy. Like, they act like it's such an intrusion on their like they're they're don't tread on me you're just destroying my freedoms it's such a minor inconvenience to wear that shit you know i i i i don't understand what the fucking the the huge rebellion is for i don't i don't get it's it hilarious. like you know this you know the shit is real like the people are dying you know and maybe it won't affect you but it could affect somebody else in a like i don't understand just put the shit on and like you said, especially if you're going in, see, the difference is, is that Walmart doesn't get any special uh, tax incentives to be available to everybody, right? There are, pro and, 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 they, and they still, there's laws on the books that you can't discriminate against somebody, right? So you can't, that sometimes that's harder to prove, but you can't just say, you know, we don't want no black people coming to Walmart. That'd be a, I mean, aside from being a PR nightmare, and and their stock plummeting, you know, they're they're gonna have uh charges brought to them. You know, you're gonna get lawsuits. You can't do that. The the thing with the the public uh the social media is they're treated like a public utility. I think it's like section two thirty or whatever, and whatever law they have where they're they're exempt from having the responsibilities of a publisher and they're treated like a utility company. So in the same way, like we're talking on the phone. You could you could say some you know crazy shit uh, you know as 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 um you know sometimes you want to do that that some people may want to disavow that they could say that that's horrible and you shouldn't be able to say those things, but Verizon can't be like well we're not going to let you talk on our phone lines anymore because we didn't like what you said right they're they're regulated as a public utility the phone company you know internet they can't just be like yo we're not going to serve you because we don't like what you're saying. Right. So because they can't get sued if like let's say somebody shoots up a whole mosque and live streams it on their platform, they can't get sued for that. And because you can't get sued for that, you're you're not held to the same standard as a publisher. The idea is that you have to treat it like a public utility and you can't be acting as an editorial board for people's thoughts and they're not holding up their end of the bargain. So that that's the difference. So with the social media shit, as long as it operates like this, I don't think they should be able to ban anybody. I, I, yeah. I don't think if you ever saw that Joe Rogan with uh, 
Tim Pool and Jack Dorsey and his lawyer. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he just takes them to task. Like, listen, you're saying you can't dead name people. Like, you're taking for granted that we all accept <laughs> this perspective of 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 what a trans person is. You know, like you're not even leaving room for somebody to be like, well, I don't accept that. I'm gonna keep calling him Bruce. And even if most of us are like, yeah, that's kind of a dick thing to do, just call her Caitlyn. Accept that that's how she identifies. Be respectful. You know, nobody was going up to Muhammad Ali like, you know, you Cassius, right? You know, you Cassius. Like, I know people. Not... There definitely was a few people, but I think everybody agreed that it was a dick move, right? You know, we just right. You're an no. asshole, right? Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't see nothing wrong with that at all. But I also, I, I get. I'm, most people, I feel like, should just shut up anyway. It's like. What are you even talking about? What are you mad about? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who around that time was all over Facebook and Twitter and they had hundreds and hundreds of posts about how that's a man. It's always going to be a man and you can man can't change to a woman. All this kind of shit. It's like, just shut up, bro. You talking to me. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you're talking about what somebody else chooses to do with their life. And the best way to deal with shit like that is if if somebody's saying, yo, I identify as a puppy named Bingo and I want you to fucking pet me. <laughs> the best thing that, you think I'm going to get, you think I'm going to argue with you that you're not a dog and you're a human and I'm not going to pet you? I'm leaving, bro. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm fucking out of here, bro. <laughs> I'm obviously in the wrong place. I'm leaving. And if this is a conversation... <laughs> If people are looking at me like, man, look, just 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 pet it, bro. It's just a, I'm, le- I'm I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna throw my hat on the ground and be like a human is a human. Like, nah, I'm leaving. I, mean, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it really is that simple. Yeah, I don't understand what all the outrage is about. I mean. It's a lot of shit that people talk about is going on with kids and puberty blockers and all that that I think is kind of kind of scary, kind of, you know, bugged out that these parents are doing that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm sure there's this is also these are not my children. Right. So there's people who talk about this abuse and everything else. As far as the abuse lines go, it's pretty clear. It's you know, if it's not causing like immediate and uh, uh, purposeful detrimental harm right to to the to the kid then you can't have people try to step in because there's some shit that some people think is some people probably think homeschooling is abuse right you know what i mean they don't like that they don't agree with they that do. so exactly so i can't deal with it you know what i mean so if if somebody wants to i, I from where i've looked at it from the outside i'm not going to go deep enough to try to convince this person that what they're doing is abuse or try to go to some town hall meeting or something like that. I, or again, I'm just not dealing with it. I'm but just that's not dealing with it. Worst case. The industry, man. Yeah. That's yeah. They got to figure that out. It should even be involved in yeah, like, got to figure that, that shit that's out. That's the ethics of the doctor to be like, first do no harm. Like right. the, the doctor is the one that's evaluating. Cause eventually that's going to result in lawsuits. Cause eventually one of oh, these yeah. kids, gonna come back and it's like listen um i just realized i did kind of like my dick um i'm gay i don't want to be a girl and now i got this huge hole in my crotch i gotta stick a dildo up in it like all the time to keep the wound from closing uh it's it's got some issues and i basically have don't have the same sexual sensation i remember from when i was jerking off when i was 12 
and I'm kind of mad that you let my parents give me these pills and cut my dick off before I was an adult, and you as a doctor shouldn't have done that. There's some lawsuits, I mean, in the world. Lawyers are going to be jumping all over that. So it'll sort itself out. I don't think we need the government getting involved, like, you can't do this to your kids, and because I I agree with you, man. There's certain shit is like, where do we get off regulating everybody else's life? And it, it, you could even feel sad, right? But it's just right. one of those things like if you're not going to adopt that person's kid and take on the responsibility of raising them, yo, all of us didn't have great parents. Some of us had really shitty parents. Some people had shitty parents and they still turned out great. Some people had really great parents and took it for granted and grew up to be pieces of shit. It's, it's not a guarantee one way or another. Right. At the end of the day, some of that shit is on you. And, you know, I, we can't go in and make all parenting uniform with one person's set of values. At the end of the day, that's their that's their kids. If they want to give them pills that are going to, you know, ir, you know, cause irreparable damage to their genitals and to their development, you know, it, it may turn out to be a really sucky uh, cautionary tale for other people. But you know, I'm not I'm not getting involved in dying on that hill to fight with people to do that shit, man. You know, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not going to care enough. I'm not going to care enough because it's not my kids. It's not. And it's such a like you said, it's a long it's a long game, not to call it a game, but it's something that's it's not something that we're going to be able to be like, yo, you whoop this kid with a belt and they're bleeding. Let's it's abuse. Let's get him out of there. This is some shit like, you know, 15 years ago, my parents made a decision for me and now I don't, I don't agree with that decision and it's going to be hard for me to undo it. That's fucked up. And I feel for you and all of that, the compassion, the empathy is there, but I can't retroactively undo what your parents did. And I also can't go forward and start to tell other people's parents that they can't do that because some, some of those kids might be like, yo, I'm glad. Cause you know, if I would have waited any longer, I would have grew a beard and I wouldn't have looked like a real woman. So I'm glad they did it when I was young. So that right there negates other people saying that it was it was terrible and it screwed me up. A lot of that shit's happening in the UK because you can see. Uh, I saw some articles and when somebody was had a, having a conversation about it, about it's called detransitioning, where people get older and they try to you know go back and undo the shit that their parents allowed them to do. That's just something you're gonna have to experience in life. If this if you you know a little kid. Little boy tells his mom, I want to play with dolls. I think I'm a girl. Or your mom, or somebody makes a decision and suggests maybe you're the blah, blah, blah. If you carry that out, of course, the kid don't have a lot of responsibility. Your kid could tell you he's a fucking frog. That don't mean throw him in the water. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, you, you can't take everything that comes out of a child's mouth as some shit that you're supposed to really, you know, foundationally make some real deal changes to their reality they say they do they say a bunch of shit they feel a bunch of shit weird who knows you gotta just let them outgrow it but i'm not dealing with it the most extreme case scenario is you know we at the park one day and there's a kid wearing a dress and you know acting funny and my sons are like yo what's up with him and i'll just be like don't worry about it buddy just go play Right. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's the deepest it's going with me. I'm not going to be like, oh, he's fucking weird. He probably has a feminist mom and no dad. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to dig down into it like that and be like, look, it's just a kid. Just play. Don't let him catch you. You're it. You make sure you outrun him. I'll run that motherfucker. Let him know what's up. <laughs> that's it. I'm just the same as it would be with any other kid. Yo, show him what it's about. 
I don't care about none of that stuff. And I guess there, there's still a, it, it's not that cut and dry because the reality is there's a lot of people out here. There's a lot of grown ass 50 year old men that would probably call that little boy a faggot. You know what I'm saying? Just stupid ass, just dumb cavemen that would act like that. You know what I'm saying? But I think people are making it out. I I can't even say making it out because I'm kind of sheltered when it comes to that shit. I don't have no stupid ass friends who act like that. I don't think my friends have any stupid friends who act like that. I'm not in places where certain types of people are going to be saying, you know, they unpopular opinions and shit like that. I just don't put myself out in the world like that. I enjoy my fucking space around my house. I enjoy the few people that I build with and I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So I really don't have a lot of experience with these assholes that exist in the world. And a lot of times people like us, you know, we have a, a certain type of energy that we carry around and shit. And it's a deterrent for a lot of bad behavior. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely a deterrent for a lot of bad behavior. I've been in a lot of places before where you could see the potential for it, but it just doesn't go down. And I'm just, you know, I'm grateful for that because I don't have to deal with who I would have to be in that situation, what type of decisions I'd have to make or anything like that. Most times it just don't happen around me. So I'm just glad for that. But I'm, I'm, I'm not out here with these goofballs, man, even on Facebook. Even on Facebook, with the arguments and shit that take place, I got one or two people on my list and who whose fuckery I tolerate. <laughs> one or two people, you know what I mean? And that's because it's like we've been friends for a while. He don't really direct it at me specifically. He just is lingering around with us with a basically a dumbass opinion that I don't always have the energy to school him on. So I just let him orbit. He's the homie. We still cool. But as far as politics and fucking social situation, like he's an idiot. Absolute idiot. You know what I'm saying? Two two people like that, maybe. But other than that, I don't I don't tolerate it. I'll get rid of your ass in no time. You know, if I if I kinda like you but you're stupid, I'll just block you so I don't see your post. But if you're stupid and I don't know you well enough to like you or not, I'll just get rid of you completely. So yeah, I'm- I was the total opposite. I would I would tolerate anything from anyone. <laughs> I'd just be like, yo, fine, I'll try to reason with you. Nah. And then and then like six or seven hours into the day, you know, and just because I can type like 85, 90 words a minute. You know, I'm 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 like a little receptionist. So I just up speed away. Here's my rational, well thought out argument. I'm gonna try to reason with you. And 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 it's so it's so dumb, you know, like that person has to do the self work to arrive. You're not going to talk anybody into right. personal development. You're nope. just not going to, it's not going to happen, but it, it just, it, none of it would, um, like I, I got, uh, I definitely got defriended, but I never defriended anybody. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like, fine. Okay. You think all white people are the devil. That's cool. Let's have a conversation about it. That's fine. You hate the juice. I get it. Let's talk about Man, it. I get like, rid of motherfuckers, bro. I get rid of yeah. them. And then six months later, they send me another friend request. It's like something happened, and they'd be like, oh, let me holler at Bongo. Oh, shit. We ain't friends no more. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, so I got rid of your ass. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, I don't deal with it, because a lot of times, I'll just see... Uh, like if, if it's something that I feel like one one of my friends, somebody I got respect for, if I feel like you could use a little nudge in one direction or the other, I might comment something, but it's never argumentative. It's never like, actually, what you're trying to say. Not like oh, that kind of shit. 
I'll just yes. say something and try to give them a little nudge. I always try to lead with love first because that's just my that's just my authentic alignment right now. I'm not and I don't want to debate nobody. I don't want to sun you on the internet. I don't want to make you look stupid right. by dropping an article. I'm not interested in that shit at all. So I just try to show a little bit of love and, and a different perspective. And most people who I know respect me in a way that if I if I bring up a, a perspective that they don't on the surface level agree with because it's me they'll at least sit with it for a second before they reply with you're an idiot fuck you right they'll right. sit with it for like i can't just call bongo a dumbass because i know he's not a dumbass so let me think about why he's saying this shit that i think is dumb and then eventually we'll we'll come to a common ground or we'll see something you know he'll maybe see something i was talking about but other than that it's like it's like trying to correct a person. Like I may not be the smartest dude in the world, right? I don't know what the square root of eighty-five is, but I know it's not purple, right? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So if right. that's where you're coming from, <laughs> if you want the internet talk about the square root is purple, I feel like I don't need to engage you. I'm good. I'm good. I may not know exactly what that answer is, but I know that what you're saying right now is not the answer. So you're you're too far off for me to try to guide you back. I'll just leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. I'll just leave it alone. If you say of of a touchdown is is five points, I might be able to be like, oh, actually it's six. But if you get the, you know, we can have a conversation. But if you say, you know, a touchdown is a home run, I'm walking right. away. I'm walking and I, away. And like, I, this is and, not my place. And, may, and maybe that's the fundamental difference between why you would have a positive uh, experience versus just losing your mind is that you're curating it in a very thoughtful and purposeful way, you know? So you're not getting engaged with all of these ideas that are bringing you down or putting you uh, in a defensive position or or even feeling compelled that you have to engage or correct everything that comes across. So it, it's, it's different when you're just having like, okay, a free speech, free for all, and and the whole purpose is uh, let's figure all this out. Because that that does become incredibly exhausting because then you're not even investing any energy pursuing and what you're trying to do or what you're trying to build it's what is the right thing and being constantly locked in this philosophical debate with no results like yeah that's a that's a super energy draining and depressing position to be in so it, yeah man so you you're, you're doing it the right way you're, you're definitely doing it in a much healthier way yeah, I was there. I was definitely there. And it, it, like you said, it's so draining. It takes so much from you. And the sense of victory that you get from embarrassing somebody and making them look stupid, especially when you kind of knew that was going to happen in the first place, it's like, it's a dirty victory a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's not really something that you want to, uh, not something that I wanted to train myself to to be you get know you get addicted yeah you get addicted to that vibe it's like you know that that whole standing over top of the body in the in the gladiator right. shit is we got your foot <laughs> on his chest this, you know what I'm saying like I conquered this motherfucker but it's you you already know I already know a lot of these topics are not even worth the engagement and some of them may be worth the engagement but the people who bringing them up are not so I just well, I, try I try to. Yeah parse it out and now i'm at the point now where because of how i i treat my social media basically at this point my facebook is like a it, it's like a, a stream of fucking motivational quotes and shit like that stuff that i'm thinking throughout the day like yesterday the only thing i posted yesterday was uh it said uh 
love is worth the effort. Right? That's all I posted. Because that's all I fucking felt like. You know, it was a thought that was in my mind, and I posted it, and that was it. I'm not trying to be like, yo, find, click this shit to find out what kind of pizza you are. Or I'm not <laughs> engaging with none of that shit. I'm people trying to get me to, I'm just not doing it. That's how I use my social media. Because that's what I'm authentically feeling. And I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people who see that shit are probably gagging when they read it. Because they're like, oh, what kind of bullshit is this dude on? I had a couple people ask, you know, what's up with this soft shit? And you know, that kind of thing. But they messaged me directly. And they ask me about it. They don't just come post on my shit like, oh, you a pussy. They just ask me, you know, they just message me and be like, yo, why you why you talking all this uh this this metaphysical self-help shit? And then we'll have a conversation. You know what I mean? I had people hit me up and ask me about psychedelics. Like, yo, I, I took some mushrooms recently and I wanted to talk about, you know, I, I know you rep psychedelics and shit. I, I can see by your post, you're kind of into that. So I just wanted to talk to you about it. And then we had like a 45 minute conversation with a dude that I had never met. You know, we know each other loosely because, you know, we got 45 mutual friends and shit. But a dude that I never met, he reached out to me and hit me up and we had a 45 minute conversation about dope shit. You know, that, that's how I'm trying to use my social media, period. All this other arguing and these fucking quantum entanglements built around fear and anxiety. And like, I, I can't, bro. This shit is literally killing people, literally. But it's because they engage in it and they allow themselves to become addicted to that high. And there's so many ways to get that same chemical reward. But because of our personalities and our epigenetics and everything else, it's leading us towards these certain type of interactions. And I, purpose, I personally think that I, it's probably not even a, a big guess to say that most people are probably unhappy, right? Most people on social media are probably not uh, fully engaged with their life and trying to be have gratitude and be happy. Like a lot of people have accepted this idea of fucking the whole like victim narrative, even if you got a good job, it's like you got to come home from work and fucking, oh, fuck, just got off this fucking job. And that's how you post online and shit. It's like, bro, you're employed. You're paying your fucking bills. You know how many people wish they had a job to go to right now? And this is just the whole energy that they carry about themselves. And football's coming on, but fuck the Patriots. I don't want to see no fucking Patriots games. Like, damn, son, what are you Do you? Is there anything in your whole existence that you could be happy about? And I think that's the issue. People are so upset and, and, and they would rather identify with this, you know, I'm overworked and underfucked attitude. And that's what they carry out into the world. People think it's hilarious. So they all imitate each other. So if you get online and you'd be like, actually, I just had an awesome day at my job. I'm happy to be employed. I came home. My wife is fucking beautiful. I love life. They'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Right. That shit is corny. That's the weirdo. In the conversation. But the guy who comes home and says, oh, I got to look at this fucking face again in quarantine. We've been married 10 years. I'm sick of her. That's like, ha ha. Oh, oh, I know what you mean. Oh, trust me. I get it, buddy. Oh, I guess if that's how y'all motherfuckers want to congregate around being upset and down talking, self-deprecating and shit, go for it. But I'm not coming in here saying, you know what would be better, guys, is if you exercise some gratitude and deploy some empathy. Fuck that. I'm not going to. No. I'll say it on my page. And if you scroll past it and see it, that's totally up to you. But I'm not going to nobody else's space trying to fix their fix they energy, fix their auras and shit like that. I'm not doing that at all, not one bit, because I don't give a shit.
Me and, and but but how do you think people get to that that headspace that you're in? Because it's true when you're in when you're on the other side of it, it's not just something where it's like yo, why are you on with that soft shit or whatever. It's like it's almost like a poke in their eye. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. That's how even though you did you didn't intend it that way. That's that's what people interpret it as or what it can come across as to some people. But oh, yeah, e- even though it's it's the healthier perspective, but but like what is the most important thing for you that keeps you in in that position where you're totally fine and happy in that space and 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 truly see that there's no value on on that shit that arguably the majority of people are on. And like you said, and that and that was brilliantly laid out because I do feel like it is it 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 perpetuates itself and people feed into it like it is it is we're all in in, in <laughs> we're all in tim uh, uh um what's the, i just forgot the word uh not intimidate uh i i, I think i might have had a stroke <laughs> well uh, Im- imitating each other <laughs> we're all <laughs> we're all imitating each other and and it's true because and the algorithm, it kind of reinforces people to flock together in that way. And if it's right. trying to, you know, so if you're a positive person, chances are, you know, more positive people are going to emerge. But that that kind of negative vibe, like, yeah, it kind of, you know, you start looking for those things. Those are the things that you're more engaged with. So how, how did you how did you get into a headspace where you were able to prioritize and um, recalibrate yourself in that way? Uh, honestly, the the biggest I think the biggest one of the biggest shifts for me was psychedelics. Play, that played a big part in even opening my brain up to these other states of being, because it's it's almost the default way to be when you're engaging with so much of the world who's already like that. You kind of just accept that this is the way it right. is. Like sort of when I was young, I watched Married with Children, and I thought married life was fucked up. I like you you know it's a TV show and all of that, but it's so. It, it, is so poignant like you see how this how the guy's acting how he hates his life and shit and and, the, and this, they're laughing at it it's a popular show you kind of just feel like that's what you have to look forward to and then right. you factor in other shit like archie bunker he hated his life and it's like damn this must be what it is so that becomes the default position so psychedelics definitely helped me open up the possibility to it before but what did it for me mainly i think was uh f- learning the science that matched up with the spirituality. So like when uh, uh, some type of self-help thing or some spiritual system might tell you about meditation and just being calm and being like, they'll tell you about gratitude and all that kind of stuff. But it's just like saying you should be happy even if shit's not good and you should just, you know, be happy anyway. And it's almost condescending when you exist in a space where shit's not going right, you don't have enough money, you work in the fucking, it's like, how the fuck right. you just gonna say, be happy just because, like, it, it, it kind of stings in a, in a way. So, right. then when I saw the science, the neurology, about how your brain can reshape its own neural pathways, and, and one of the ways to change your neural pathways, to create physical, measurable change in your brain, is by how you think, it's like, hold on, wait a minute. So the, it's not just the spiritual system saying that positive thinking or the self-help guru saying that positive thinking is going to help you. There's actually a, a physiological f- 
factual thing that's happening to your body when you change the way you think. So then I started to dig down into that. And then I started to connect all of these other places where spiritual systems and ancient Eastern philosophy and shit like that, the stuff that they said and just gave people had anchors in science all over the place. And I was just like, I don't think people really understand this information. I don't think people really know this in the way that, because that changes the entire conversation. It's no longer just about, you know, trying to discipline your mind to reach some level of peace. It, it's like, no, this is an equation that you can perform to get a desired result, period. And it's not, it's not up for debate, right? If, uh, if you do 50 push-ups a day, you get in better shape, period. It's not a debate. It's nothing, if you, if you stick to this, your body changes, it's not like, oh, well, you know, I didn't do a lot of push-ups when I was young. And in my mind, I feel like I won't be able to accomplish it. I get all that. But if you do the push-ups, your body changes. It's, it's not luck. It's not the lottery. You know, it's not just some shit a self-help guru told you. It's real fucking actual life facts. And it's the same thing with your thought processes, with meditation and a lot of other things. It, if you do it, you have physical changes in your body. And to me, it's the difference between the screams and the laughs as fuel in, in Monsters, Inc. It's just, it's that efficient. The screams are 10 times more powerful. I mean, the, the laughs are 10 times more powerful than the screams. So it's right. like, well, well, how do we transition into doing... No, bro, did you hear what I said? The laughs are 10 times more powerful than the screams. So everything that you align with on the other side of that is so much more powerful, so much more beneficial to your mind state, your physical well-being, your longevity of life, everything, everything. It's almost stupid to continue. And even though I know it's hard, it's not easy because your brain wants to serve you the same shit that you've been doing for the past five years. It definitely wants to. But it can be reprogrammed. And if you reprogram it, you get better results. You live a better life. It's not even a debate. And that's not even factoring in the metaphysics. That's before I get to the metaphysics. I'm just talking about the actual facts of putting some of this shit into practice in your life. So when I saw that, like, to me, it just, the way my mind works and having that, that proof to match, you know, to, to co-sign, because the spiritual shit has always been very attractive to me. The idea of meditation has always been attractive, but it's like, it can almost seem pointless if you don't completely understand. So if you just, if, if you read about meditation and you immediately start doing it, there's things that you'll understand about meditation and about how it affects you that, that will make you understand. It'll make you more likely to keep doing it and, and keep it as a part of your life. But if you read about never meditation and you never actually do it, there's a lot you'll never understand unless you have that science. There's, right. It's just not, or I haven't seen it up and maybe now because the science is so available, there's probably self-help books that's going to walk you through all of that. But, you know, 15 years ago, it didn't have a lot of, um, even if you read Buddhism, it doesn't really give you the nailed down foundational practical effects. It's, it's really, you know, spacey. It's really like, you know, meditation is going to help you. Like, okay, but how? Oh, it'll just make you more peaceful. It's like, what the fuck? How's it going? You know what I'm saying? So if you don't do it, you just won't get it. So when you get the science, I think there's a lot of people who 
operate in that mindset will they'll see something uh it's the difference between like if you tell somebody about a workout plan you can tell them you know if you do jumping jacks and push-ups you're going to get in better shape but there's some people who you might if you tell them about counting calories and food and you give them um how they do the meal prep and everything. Like if you lay the plan out, you teach them the science, those people would be more likely to get into it than people who don't understand anything about it. So I, I think that was it for me. When I, when I learned the science and saw how closely connected it was to all the spiritual shit that I was already attracted to, it was kind of easy because that made me walk a little bit faster to get there. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna try this shit. I was thinking about meditation, like doing a daily meditation it had to be six months. Had to be six months. I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to do some daily meditation. Uh, everything says it'll help you. And I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Six months go by. I didn't do it. Then I find this guy, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he's talking about neurology and neural pathways and how this creates this index for these types of feelings. And if you get uh, if you think about something, a future moment that you want to experience, something that's awesome that you want to experience how you can get yourself into this uh, euphoric emotional state and when you do that your body uh, regulates genes that help you heal faster and help you you know like it just goes into overdrive it's like oh you're happy and you're you're showing you feeling gratitude right now you're excited about the future let me fucking send some healing cells out through your body to, to to help you out and that's what your body does when you train your thoughts. And I was just like, fuck, that's crazy. That's crazy. I had no idea that shit like that could happen, yo. But I had experienced thinking about past things that upset me and shit that I didn't want to relive. But when you think about it, you get into that pattern and you, you just start feeling bad and your fucking stomach hurts. And it's hard to break out of it. Even though it's terrible and you hate the experience, there's something addictive about it. Right. It's yeah. familiar and it's addictive. It's a chemical reaction. And your body's like, yo, I love these chemicals. So let's just keep them coming. Even right. though it's hurting you, it's tearing you apart inside. It's, it's feeding your depression and everything else. But your body's like, yo, I love these, this, this feeling. I love this chemical high that I'm getting. So if you, if you learn how to replace the chemical high, it does something completely separate. So I didn't know it was a switch you could flip like that. I didn't know it was a functional mechanism. So I'm like, if I pull this lever... You know, this moves, that moves, and there's no, there was no more question about it for me. It, it removed a lot of the mysticism, and it just showed me A plus B equals C. And I was like, oh, I could do that. I could do A plus B equals C, and then I actually put it into effect, and it, and it fucking it did everything that it said it was going to do. So after that, there's no going back. The, the only going back at this point is the little slip ups that you have when you realize you're not feeling you're not putting in enough work to stay in that mind state. You know what I'm saying? So days go by. Well, like I was just saying earlier, when fucking Mars is in retrograde or something, days go by <laughs> and you're just like, I'm just not up to it today. I feel upset. You wake up in the morning and you automatically irritable. Like one day your kid can drop a, a, a coffee mug and break it into a million pieces. and You'd be like, don't worry about it. Just sweep it up. You know, the next day, your kid throws a sock on the floor and you're like, yo, what the fuck? Why are you destroying the house? Right. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a totally different vibe. It's a different energy. And it's hard to spot uh, anything tangible that changed it. It, it. it might not be nothing. It's not like I woke up today and I had a flat tire and that just ruined everything for me. Some days you just get up and it's just not there. 
So that's when I, I start to think about things. That's where the going back is for me, is when those times come and it's, it's a little bit more work to stay focused and to put that energy in the right place to be beneficial to you rather than just letting that spiral drag you down. Because it will. It will. It'll get a hold of you. And next thing you know, you wake up, you know, the house, your kid did something, the house is dirty, you're pissed, and then that happens, then that happens. Next thing you know, you're sitting somewhere for seven minutes daydreaming about the time you got embarrassed at the school dance in high school or some shit like that. It's like your brain will start digging up shit that you never think about. It's like, oh, you want to feel some embarrassment? I got something for you. I got something for you. Here, here, send this down the pipeline. Let's embarrass him because he likes embarrassment. And that's exactly what it's doing. And if you don't stay focused on it, if you don't put no effort into it, it's just going to fucking run subroutines all day. And most of us, the subroutines that we already have installed in us are fucked. They're fucked up just from interfacing with a world that capitalizes on insecurity, tells you you're not good enough at every turn. You need these sneakers, you need these pants, you need this car, you need this jewelry, you need to be taller. Women don't like you, men don't like you, you're too fat, you need makeup. Every single turn, this world is capitalizing on our insecurity. So if, if you think you're just living, if you think you're just walking around existing in the world, you're wrong. And you're going to end up with a fucked up self-image and a terrible internal monologue. Because everybody else is working on you, even if you're not working on yourself. Mm. So you have to You absolutely have to You owe it to yourself to get it in gear Your the brain is a programmable computer So somebody gonna program it And because it, of the culture that we live in The, the baseline frequency is self-destruction Right Right. So you can't even control it. By the time you're old enough to realize that you have an internal monologue and that oh, by the time you're old enough to realize that it's already been programmed to tell yourself you're not good enough so you don't get to start from zero and say, I'm going to build myself up and be a, you don't get to start from zero. You have to start at a deficit. You got to clean all this shit out, pull the cobwebs down and everything else, and then install a whole new program. But, but you mm. can though. that's the good part. You can, and your brain wants it. Your brain is dying for you to build new part, new neural pathways right now because it's activity. You know, it will stand still and use the pipelines that you created and feed you self-deprecating in, in, in your own voice, too, to make you think it's you talking. Your brain will lie to you in your own voice. So if you're not doing that, I mean, then that's how you end up on Facebook calling little kids gay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how you end up so angry and so mad. You see a video where some women are twerking in it and you're like, oh, these whores, they'll never get married. And femininity has been destroyed because women are whores. It's like, this. shut up, man. I guarantee if you had somebody who you consider beautiful sitting next to you, just enjoying your presence, you wouldn't be on Facebook talking shit right now. Yeah. You wouldn't be. You know how or, magnetic or, that shit or, is? Or, or risk destroying everything for calling a five-year-old gay. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because cancel culture ain't playing with you right now. <laughs> that 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 level of darkness, I, I I just hope no one I know gets to that level. Oh, That's yeah. or I couldn't even imagine I couldn't even imagine a grown ass adult saying some mean shit to a little kid like that. That's crazy. Oh, they do. They do a lot. I see a lot of dudes mad dudes mad about women. 
very mad about why women are such whores these days and why won't they just, you know, be normal, you know, cover themselves up. Why? Anyway, I thought that too. It was not whores, but I thought uh, for a moment a few years back, I was just like, how come every woman knows how to twerk? I couldn't under, I was just like, when did they fucking learn this? And then it occurred to me, it's like, oh, they're women. They're women. I mean, <laughs> when, does a, uh, uh, when does a woman learn to move like, it's just, that's what they do, bro. Like, they're, even women who never, it's like black people with the bass guitar. Right. Just you know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, even if she's never twerked before, just turn on that juvenile for the 9 9 and 2000s and just watch what happens. Watch what happens. <laughs> that twerk energy going to find its way out. That's just what they do. But yeah, I think if more people were just engaged with their own brain, I think it would be a, a dope exercise too because a lot of people do feel like they're at the mercy of the station that they have in life. They feel like they're at the mercy of their own internal monologue and shit. And we're talking to ourselves terribly every, every fucking day. A lot of us are talking to ourselves horribly. Even if it's little, you know, you drop something, you pull out your card to pay for your fucking chai latte and you drop your card on the floor. You go, I'm a, I'm a dumbass. Well, fucking stupid. I dropped my card or shit. Even shit like that. It's small, but that shit adds up. We tell people not to talk to children that way because it'll, you know, influence how they feel about themselves. We talk to ourselves like that for years at a time. But since it's private and it's in your own, in our own heads and it's in our own voice, we don't put a lot of. We don't put a lot of emphasis on it and we don't, you know, talk about it. It's not important. It's just a little, it is. All of that shit has an effect on you. What the thinker thinks, the prove approves, yo. Robert Anton Smith said that. What the thinker thinks, the prove approves. Once you have a thought in your head, your mind is going to do everything it can to prove you right. It doesn't want you to be wrong about anything because that's, you know, that's almost like a threat. The threat system in your brain don't have a whole lot to do no more because there's no, like Joe Rogan said, there's no more saber-toothed tigers. So the threat system in your brain is like, I have to protect you from embarrassment now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Little shit that don't really matter, but it'll work so hard to protect you from these little misfortunes that it'll guide you to a place where you don't want to be. It'll have you existing in a place you have no idea how you got there because you don't want to be wrong so whatever you think, if you have a preconceived idea about something, today is going to be a horrible day. Guess what? Everything around you is going to morph to prove you right. You walked out of the house thinking you were going to have a horrible day. I can't let this come back unfulfilled. I got to make him have yeah. a horrible day. I got to. So whatever it is, that, that it's going to work. This is why people don't change their minds in debates online. Because they already have something locked into their brain. And no matter what they see, it's so easy to move the goalposts. No matter what, you'll change all the rules instantaneously. Oh, well, this website looks like trash, so I don't believe it. And then when you find a website that looks like trash but agrees with you, well, just because it looks, you know what I'm saying? It's, right. it's pointless. <laughs> it's fucking right. pointless, yo. It's point. You can't, why it's no point in debating with nobody about nothing online. If it's not a person you love enough, to call up and have a conversation or sit down with in person and have a conversation, what the fuck are you wasting your time for? What are you wasting your time for? That's a brilliant rule. If you yeah. do not love them enough to call them on the phone or sit down with them and have a conversation, you're wasting your time. Right. Hey, what is it? What are you doing? You're just being self-serving. And not only are you being self-serving, you're being self-serving with something that's negative. 
It's an anchor that's going to drag you to the bottom of the fucking ocean, yo. Let that shit go. Fuck that. There's just so many more ways that you could be. And, and honestly, just being dope to people, trying to show some love and finding a post where you can uplift somebody or empower somebody. Yo, that shit is not, it's so powerful that it's almost selfish. You can't say it's a selfless act anymore, like to 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 uplift other people or to help somebody out in a situation. You you see somebody and you want you they they car fucking stalled out, they have no gas. You give them ten bucks to get some gas. That's not a selfless act. Let's just keep it real. The shit feels fucking awesome. It's great. I love this shit. It's, it's, it's addictive. So it's not selfless. It's so much more powerful to get engaged with trying to do something impactful positively impactful to somebody it's a better uh it's a better system to metabolize than the negative shit it's just more powerful at every turn no matter how you look at it it's the laughs over the screams it's just a better system it's a better system that trying to get get high off calling people names and talking about who shouldn't get married because they're gay like that's it's garbage bro that's that shit where they say um so revenge or something like that is uh oh hate no hate is a uh, is an asset that eats its container that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is you holding on to it destroys you as much as it destroys the other people versus if you decide to align yourself the other way and empower people you both get or, or maybe you never know how other people are going to receive it just that's facts but you get a reward for being dope to people. You get a reward, you get a, a chemical reward for feeding the homeless. You know what I'm saying? You get a chemical reward from rescuing an animal who could have died if you didn't intervene. So, I mean, if you can get a chemical reward from both, but one makes the world an objectively better place, what, I mean, isn't this a no-brainer? I, th I, I, I think it is, and that's why... I, that's why I completely switched and into metaphysics over fucked because I saw enough evidence and I was dabbling at first, you know, I was dabbling and the results that I got were dabbling results. So I upped it. I said, let me put a little bit more in and I got a little bit more out. So I said, what if I meditate every day for five minutes a day, right before I go to bed, I'll just set a five minute timer on my phone and I'll meditate. So I started to see improvements in how I was sleeping and how I was able to cope with things that would make me anxious or shit that would piss me off. I was coping a little bit better. So I said, you know what? Also, my meditations are starting to feel short. At first, five minutes was forever. Now they're starting to feel short. So I'm going to add a minute. I'm going to add two minutes. And what, then now I'm up to 15 minutes meditating, right? So it's like you just can, the more you put in, the more you get out. There's no debate. There's no magic about it. I mean, there is, but we'll talk about that later. You know, there's no, there's, there's no illusion about it. It just is what it is. And anybody who puts themselves in it for long enough to, to just to test it, not even, I mean, it's like them people, you know, they got a deal for you. They say, look, just invest 20 bucks. And if you don't get 40 bucks back, then say, fuck it and move on. All you lost was 20 bucks. So I say, put five minutes a day into meditation. If all else fails, you lost five minutes a day. What, what do you really have to lose? Absolutely nothing. So if you'll do that, I, I, I firmly, firmly believe that you'll get enough results to pull you in deeper. The same way as if you went on your phone and you 
bought a stock for five dollars and two days later you sold it for ten would that be the last time you did it mm. right w would you stop there or do you start making incrementally larger investments to see how much you can pull out of this mechanism right right so that's what i did I started making incrementally larger investments. And then it started to become like we talked about recently. Can you carry this vibration all day? Instead of just every few to a few times a day, you remind yourself that life is beautiful and my, you keep your gratitude intact. What if you can carry that with you all day? What if you could uh, consciously try to beam that to other people? And instead of just being neutral and stoic in public, you, you smile at people and you try to be decent to them instead of just being lukewarm and shit like, and see what kind of results you get in your life see how you feel see if your heart gets warm and shit see if you get that warm fuzzy feeling for no reason not because you saw something dope you'll just be driving down the road grinning for no fucking reason bro feeling awesome just buzzing inside like yo life is fucking great for nothing just because you can and i just feel like that's a superpower right now dude so I, it I is. love it bro I love it. It's 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 better than doomsday prepping, for sure. One hundred percent. One hundred percent, bro. But now you you know you need all that too. You need a lot of other practical things too. But doomsday prepping is definitely. I mean, it's called doomsday prepping. So it's it's fear based. It's fear based, and the shit that's fear based is gonna get its hooks in you, one way or the other. You gotta let all that shit go. We gotta find a way to re-narrate that shit with love as the foundation we got we got to leave with love yo if it's about instead of prepping for doomsday i'm prepping for later generations who are gonna come and eat fruit off my property that's yeah. what i'm prepping for you know what i'm saying like fuck all that doomsday shit that don't mean you be completely ignorant and unprepared it just means i'm not carrying this energy in my life right I'm I'm, I refuse to do it it's destructive it's objectively destructive energy fear destroys you Fear destroys you. People who are afraid and anxious and shit like that, they age faster. They get heart conditions more. Con you know, it's just, it's all there. Anybody who wants to read it, it's all there. It's all there. And if you put any of the effort in, you'll see what you get out of it. And it's, it's life-changing. It's life-changing. And it the, the more you put in, the harder it, it becomes to go back because you're building new neural pathways. And it's actually harder for you to react to things the way you used to a year ago because you've been doing this work. So you get more of a chance to react the way that you want your highest, most evolved self to react. Because I'm sure most of us who get in situations where we get pissed or something happens and we react, and react that's not who we want to be, reacting the wrong way, cussing somebody out at the light but, or because they took too long to drive off when it turned green. That's not who most of us want to be. We let it and happen. And we don't want to accept that that's who we are either. Right. And that's why we'll always go to, yeah, but he did X, Y, and Z, so I had to. Right, right. We let it happen. We make excuses. It's all good when we just get through it. But that's not who we want to be. So all I'm saying is if you're, more, if you're more aware and more mindful about what you're doing, you can act like the person you want to be. And that has its own set of rewards. What reward did you get? What reward did you get for flipping off the guy who cut you off? What that really do for you? Absolutely nothing. But if a guy cuts you off and you say, you know what, fine, I hope he gets to where he's going safely, I'm not in a rush, an accident didn't happen, I'm still in good health, I'm still going where I'm going, nothing really changed, fuck it, I hope the guy has an awesome day. That gives you a chemical reward. 
Even if it's because subconsciously you feel like you're being a bigger person, that's fine. That's fair. If subconsciously you feel like you're being a bigger person and that gives you the dopamine drip that makes you smile and feel like you did something good today, that's beneficial to your overall well-being and your health and the people immediately around you because your coworkers are going to get a better version of you. Your kids and your family is going to get a better version of you when you get home. So, I mean, there's not really even a question of which one is more beneficial to society as a whole and just as the person who's experiencing it. So, I mean, it's it's literally the smartest way that you can carry out your existence right now when the alternative is to fucking hate yourself and spend all your money trying to patch the hole. Because mm. that's what's out here for you. They got product. They got mad products. They want to make sure you that hate yourself. Feeling sad about, yeah. Yep. <laughs> they got mad products for you, bro. You got acne, you're fucking ugly, but here's some proactive. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they got it for you. Whatever you need, they got it for you. So I'm just trying to stay switched up, man. I'm just trying to exist in a different place. I know what it's like to accept that depression and to accept that I guess this is all life has for me kind of energy. I know what that's like. And that shit is not dope. It's not cool at all. You know what I mean? And I'm fortunate enough. Some people don't even make it out of that. You know what I mean? You know how many people are not here right now because they couldn't break that thought pattern they couldn't break that mental cycle yeah oh, fuck it so that i mean i'm just trying to lead by example and show people what helped me so if, if anybody can look at what i'm saying listen to what i'm saying look at what i'm doing how i'm moving you see my posts they're full of a bunch of soft shit metaphysical all that if you can look at that and there's something magnetic about it even if it's magnetic to the degree where you say why are you posting all that soft shit i know what that means I'm not going to take that personally and be like, fuck, you mean soft shit. I know exactly what you're trying to say, and I'm going to break it down for you. Well, that's where I'm at. And it just works for me, man. So you know, once I got the evidence I needed and I put it into effect and I saw the results, I was like, yo, this is where I live now. Fuck that. <laughs> this is my new this is my new place of residence, yo. You know, love is the, oh, love is the law. Is is beautiful, dude. I don't. I don't even want to say anything and ruin it with with current events and negativity. <laughs> I just want to bask in the. <laughs> just want to bask in the positivity. Yeah, that's it, bro. It's and it's here for all of us. I think it's the way your brain and your body want to be in the world. Because I mean, why why else would we have that at our disposal? I think that's the way it wants to be. Why would your brain send? you know, uh, healing genes, upregulate healing genes into your system when you feel good about yourself and when you feel good about life. It's like, that's the trigger. That, that's how the process starts. You happy, so I'm going to heal you. That's, that's, that's a beautiful fucking system, you know? I love yeah, it. And, it and, if, and if you're miserable and you're destroying yourself, it's like either way the universe is giving you what you're requesting. Right. Right. So it, it, it still thinks it's helping you. It's just giving you what you want. So it's still trying to be beneficial to you, even though it's giving you something every day that you can look at in the world to change that. Like there's this guarantee, there's beauty all around us everywhere. If we tune ourselves to see it, there's shit that you're going to see that's going to warm your heart every day. If you look for it, if you have the eyes to see it, it's there. So we have opportunities. A lot of times we don't take them. Dude, I tripped once. I looked at the sunset and I almost cried. 
And I, it, it was like, I recognized how beautiful it was, but I wasn't crying, like almost crying because it was beautiful. I was almost, I was like upset with myself because I didn't see it every day. Mm. That was the thought in my head. This same sunset is here every day. But right now, you're tripping on some some acid, and you're looking at this sunset with such awe and reverence, and it's here every single day. Every day. Just as beautiful. Every day. And that's what I got from it. That's why I said psychedelics was, was definitely the first step. I'm about to take some shrooms right now. Keep it real. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's the, tonight is definitely the ceremony, the uh, equinox ceremony. So we try to do it about quarterly, you know, with some of the moon cycles and stuff like that. Maybe a little extra if we're feeling frisky. But I try to keep it to the significant dates now because I don't want to just be like, feel like I'm just randomly tripping for fun. Right. So we keep it to the significant dates. We try to do manifestation and intention setting, maybe a little bit of sex magic. But, you know, and this is possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think so. She's been working out pretty good. Since we started tripping, we published a book. You know what I mean? Life is life is is pretty good right now. We started the clothing company. We published a book. We've been doing a lot more work. A lot more opportunities have been coming. Art's flowing lovely. So you know who knows? But every everything that we're doing right now, all of the investment into the concept of metaphysics or we're fucked seems to be paying off big time. So all I'm waiting for now is my first million. There you go. And once I get the first million, I, you know, it's all it's all downhill fucking bobsled from there, bro. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it is a wrap. But speaking of it, we, we definitely have to find some time, hopefully maybe in this coming week, to uh to get some literature laid out, man. I know you be working like crazy, but we gotta find some time to get some literature laid out, either the uh metaphysics or we're fucked book. Or the um, some get some of these characters fleshed. I feel like we could sell Karen Tron to Netflix. <laughs> Straight up, I feel like we could sell it to Netflix. If it's, if I've seen some of the shit that they have on there, you know, these little like super vulgar cartoons where it's basically just a thirty-minute long shit joke, and these things got three or four seasons. You know what I mean? So I feel like if we developed it to the right degree. We could sell it to Netflix for sure. Yeah, we'll get some sketches and write out a treatment and then send it off. Yeah, yeah, get them on. And we'll threaten them. Like, if you fucking, you put cuties <laughs> on, you better buy this shit. <laughs> you fucking better. <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm going to uh, get in here and start this ceremony and put these children to bed. And I'm going to open a conduit to the heavens. And uh, see what kind of downloads I can get tonight. Absolutely, man. Very, very, uh, very motivating. Very inspirational. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Man, yeah, this is the love is the law, bro. This is the way. And uh, we, we need deep in it at this point. I mean, I just feel like it, it's literally the only the only way we can move forward without destroying ourselves just from internally not even thinking about the external threat just to survive what's happening internally i think this is the, the only place any of us should be just because it's only going to help you there's no way that you can decide to meditate 
and decide to feel better about your own existence and it's going to be more detrimental to you. That's just an impossibility. It can't happen. So I, I feel like uh, this is what we should be investing in, man. That's what I'm investing in. That's what I hope everybody who vibes with me, everybody I got love for is investing in. And we just improve until there's no other choice for the people around us to follow suit. Mm. That's it. I just want to fucking get so, like, just be so all around dope in such great shape with so much money flowing that the people around me that I love be like, you know what? I'm just going to follow your fucking lead, bro. Cause I want to, I want to be dope and get rich too. You know what I mean? I want all of us rich. I don't give a shit who's first. That's undeniably righteous, man. That's what it is. That's what it is. This is the, this is the ethos of the cult of dangerous gentlemen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to have, we, we, we're going to be able to farm this for some, for some good pieces for the book. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back and uh, I'll go back through it, man. But yeah, I'll make, I'll make some time this week, man. Yeah, I haven't yeah. uh, I, I haven't been organizing my time as uh, productively as as I as I guess I should be able to. So I'll make those adjustments, man, and I'll make sure that uh, there's more attention given to it this week for sure. Yeah. Let's just pick one character and try to develop them. You know, maybe one character per week. You know, with some notes and some shit like that. The whole character bio, <laughs> and then we you know we should probably start with uh we we already started technically with Petey. With <laughs> PD Lee Jefferson, oh, we we already started with him, so I think that's our first candidate. He's probably gonna be the easiest anyway, because he's a you know he's autistic with a heart of gold and racial Tourette's. Gold, heart of gold, <laughs> and he's a phenom with a wrench. He's a phenom. He can build anything. Just just not good with um, social situations and saying the right thing. But yeah, it's not going to sound like the right thing, but but his heart's in the right place. Karen will tell you. Karen knows. <laughs> she knows. Only Karen knows what's up. Karen Baskin, she knows what's up. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right brother. Brothers. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. Great talk Thank as you, usual. Man. For sure, for sure, man. Enjoy, enjoy your evening, man. And we'll we'll be linking up soon. Absolutely. All right, man. Bless. Peace.